Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black Talk. As states loosen stay-at-home orders, millions of people are heading back to their offices for the first time in months, or at least they will be heading there soon. But you can forget about crowded meetings around a conference table or the shared coffee pot. Office life, as you once knew it, is getting a major overhaul. Here to talk more about that is Nabil Sabet. He's an architect at M. Moser Associates, which specializes in workplace design. Welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. So as people go back into the office, tell us what you think is going to be different about the look, the shape of these workspaces. Well, really, you know, life moving forward will be very different. We have experienced over the last little while a tremendous change in the way we work. Mm -hmm. And there's this now there's this dual frontier where we work both from home and in in the office space at the same time. So moving back, I think in the short term, There'll be several measures that are taken to include everyone's safety, things like physical distancing still being maintained in the office, shifting from having everyone there at once to possibly having shifts or teams coming one at a time. And then even looking at adjustments to the physical space, air conditioning, the way we come in, the flow through the space, all these measures that can be taken very quickly to make the space safe. God, it seems like so much to think about at once. I mean, what about common areas in the office, like meeting rooms or kitchenettes? How are offices going to manage those areas, you think? Well, those areas in the interim are going to be largely decommissioned or used at their lowest possible functional ability. So things like meeting rooms, really limiting the number of people in those rooms, adding things like purification and sterilization in the space to make sure that people in the space are are safe and able to do their job properly. And even making sure that things like pantries and kitchenettes that at one point had lots of food coming in, heating up and eating in the open, these functions will likely be stopped for the interim and then slowly be added on as things clear up and more information is gathered. Hmm. I'm curious, you know, the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, told his employees this week that they never have to come back to work in person. And I'm guessing there are a lot of people out there who've now gotten used to working at home and are wondering... Why even go into the office at all? So do you think that we are going to see more working from home from now on after all of this? Well, it's really fascinating. I think what he's done is he's really shown how progressive the company is, how they are really trying to align with the human needs of the employee population. And the need for the office is is still going to stay there. There's a human and intrinsic need for us to connect. In the yes. last eight weeks, we've all felt it. 
Absolutely. We all miss our friends. And we I miss yearn our... to see my colleagues again. Exactly, exactly. And so this is the human need that's part of us. We need to bring that obviously back at some form, in some form in the near future. But moving forward, this working from home and working in the office are both going to be part of the office constru- construct. And so what we are doing now is we're planning for like companies to look at how office space will be strategized and how it's going to focus on those very important and refined needs of getting together, working together, collaborating cross-function, things that we just can't do independently in our homes or remotely. Yeah. I want to talk about sort of like the structural changes that you you will see in office spaces, like because you design offices for a living. Are there any bigger picture, like long-term changes employers might make, say, just getting rid of the open plan workspace altogether? I definitely think the open plan workspace needs to be reconsidered. It's it's a conversation that actually started before COVID-19 and looking at how effective are those spaces for the different behaviors and needs of people in the office space. So I think this is definitely going to be a focus for the future. Mm-hmm. There are some conversations about will the future be full of cubicles or enclosed rooms. But I think it's important to remember that the purpose of the office is very clear now. The purpose of us getting out of our house, taking public transit, taking that risk really needs to be that the office space is going to provide something that will enhance my work life. Nabil Sabet is an architect at the design firm M. Moser Associates. Thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you so much. Okay, I get it. It's hard not to get distracted while working from home, staring at your computer. It's so full of shiny objects, you know, like cat videos, Facebook, TikTok. Employers want to make sure remote workers stay on task. So some companies are using software to track the activity of their employees. And as NPR's Bobby Allen reports, some workers say this violates their privacy. A woman got a staff-wide email from her employer after she'd been working from her Brooklyn apartment for about two weeks. She didn't want NPR to use her name out of fear she'd lose her job. But the email said everyone needs to immediately download some new software on their computer called Hubstaff. Which would track your mouse, your keyboard, your passwords, and take screenshots of your desktop. She and her colleagues just didn't see this coming. There's five of us, and we always came to work, always came on time. Like, there was no reason to start location tracking us. She works at an e-commerce firm, and we confirmed it. She shared emails from the company saying the tracking software would improve productivity and efficiency while working from home. In Minnesota, a woman who works in marketing shared a similar story. She also spoke to us anonymously over worries her employer would retaliate. Her company has started using software called Time Doctor. If you're idle for a few minutes, you go to the bathroom or whatever, a pop-up will kind of come up and it'll say, you have 60 seconds to start working again, or we're going to pause your time. That meant she was penalized just for stepping away from her computer for a little bit. After talking to a coworker for a few minutes, and I feel like crap. I feel like I'm not trusted. I feel ashamed of myself, like I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have worked harder. I should have been at my desk. Critics call this kind of software tattleware, to which Brad Miller responds. If you're not working or doing something wrong, then I guess it will tattle on you. (laughs) Um, But I don't think that's really how companies who are buying it think of it. Brad Miller runs Awareness Technologies. Like Hubstaff, he's seen business triple since the pandemic with more people working from home. It sells software to companies that logs how employees are spending their time and gives each person a productivity score based on their computer use. Are they generally active on programs and websites that I would consider productive? like Excel, PowerPoint, 
Word, email, as opposed to YouTube or Facebook. For bosses, keeping up with work or productivity has always been a give and take. In the office, it's easy to just look and see if someone's doing their job. Miller says this new technology is letting them do the same thing. If people know what's happening, then everybody will act better you know, than they might otherwise, because we all act better when someone's watching. Some people will work harder in the short term if they know that they'll be yelled at if they don't. But we don't generally encourage managers to rule by fear because it's not effective in the long term. That's Allison Green. She writes the syndicated advice column, Ask a Manager. She's been inundated with questions from workers who feel icky about their bosses keeping tabs on their keystrokes and how many emails they send a day. And then there's the lower tech version of that, which is people whose managers are asking them to stay on video all day long so that they can watch over them every minute of the day, which is very intrusive. Intrusive, maybe, but legal, probably. In fact, in some states, firms don't even have to tell their employees they're using the technology. Back in Brooklyn, the woman with the e-commerce startup says the software has really made things tough for her and her colleagues. If anything, I think it really destroyed morale for everyone. And everyone has since kind of taken a step back and said, all right, if this is how they're going to treat us, like, why go the extra mile? Because clearly it doesn't matter to them. Rather than download the software on her computer, she opted out. She's gone on unpaid leave until the office reopens. But the experience of being watched by her employer has sent her looking for another job. Bobby Allen, NPR News, San Francisco. Now, if you're working from home at the moment, you might well be using video calls to take part in meetings and keep in touch with your colleagues. And while they're convenient, they can be fraught with disaster. I asked our reporter Charlotte Gallagher about a particularly embarrassing incident in New Zealand. This promised to be a pretty standard meeting. It was city councillors in Dunedin in New Zealand meeting on Zoom to discuss plans. But that was until councillor David Benson Pope walked in front of his computer. He was wearing a shirt, a jacket, um, but apparently little else, though he was carrying a feather duster at the time. And he says, look, I wasn't in my underpants. I was wearing shorts. I'd been in the garden just minutes before doing a bit of gardening. And that's why I just put a shirt and jacket on quickly for this meeting. Although he did admit to being caught with his pants down, essentially. (laughs) But I think we can all relate to that because we were saying if we were working from home right now, we'd probably be in our pyjamas. Well, I would be in my pyjamas. You're very smart. You'd probably be in a suit or something. But you wouldn't dress up, would you, if you're just doing a video call? you just kind of have your top half smart, wouldn't you? No, for a while. And then you'd probably let the standards slip a little bit. My my wife's a lawyer and and she's been um, wearing her dressing gown from time to time. I'm sure she's thrilled you're saying this (laughs) on the radio, Nick, your poor wife. But, you know, it's other politicians have been caught out by Zoom as well. So let's have a listen to this meeting of ministers in Wales. I tell you what... I know Jenny is ready. I think um, I yeah. think Vaughn Gethin needs to turn his microphone. Vaughn Gethin needs to turn his microphone off. As you've probably guessed by the beeping, Vaughan Gethin, a Welsh minister, was actually swearing, and he was swearing about a colleague who was there at the time. He has apologised, though. Not just ministers in Wales, the British government, they've been caught out by video calls. Boris Johnson posted a photo on Twitter of the Cabinet meeting on Zoom, but the meeting ID was clearly visible, and loads of people were saying, you just don't do that. People can hack into your meetings if you have that Zoom ID, and obviously... 
businesses and governments having top secret discussions. They can't have that. And Zoom have had a bit of a problem as well with people, they call it Zoom bombing, essentially, trolls getting into private video calls and sharing homophobic, racist imagery, abuse pictures even. So Zoom are really working on trying to strengthen their security. So now if you have a Zoom account and you it's a free one, you'll have to use a password to get onto it. You won't just be able to log on to any meeting. Charlotte Gallagher. Uh, let's turn now to Tesla Day 4 standoff between uh, the company and what is happening over in California. Dan Roberts, a uh, company now threatening that it will uh, pull. And this is, I mean, I, I guess it's, this is what happens when your company goes back to work. You can no longer file for unemployment insurance. But the way that this Tesla situation has um, gone on publicly, their tiff with the state, their tiff with the workers, the way Elon Musk has behaved. Uh, we now have um, the headline, which on the one hand is a technical matter, but on the other hand, like everything with Tesla, is a PR matter about should the factor be open and has the company done the right thing? Well, I think you've summarized it well. And in some ways, it's a little bit like the battle between SoftBank and WeWork in the sense that people see the headlines and they say, look at these two bumbling companies that have done a lot wrong in the last year. And WeWork especially, but people might assume, oh, WeWork's got no case, but actually it's more about technicalities and uh, WeWork might have a case. And similarly here, I think you're right. You see the headline and it looks like, wow, Tesla threatening employees who aren't comfortable coming back yet. And it's bad optics. But when you actually look at the technicalities here, all the company and its head of HR uh, is really saying is that if your furlough ends and you're called back to the office, now you're not on furlough. Now you can't say you're unemployed and you can't collect unemployment benefits. If you want to stay at home because you're still not comfortable coming in, go ahead and do it. But you can't say you're unemployed anymore. And that makes sense to me. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion. Now, that said, I'm not saying that everyone should immediately be comfortable, especially because, as we know, and this is the whole story, Elon Musk has reopened this place sooner than uh, the authorities wanted and sooner than other companies have opened. And he has been hasty with it. So I'm sure there are some Tesla employees who wouldn't be comfortable yet coming back in. And it sounds like if you don't want to come in, fine. But if you have a job that requires you to be there and they're saying we've now reopened and you can come in and you don't want to come in, well, you can't collect unemployment benefits. And and before we go to Melody, and let me just say some little inside baseball here. This story for us during quarantine has a little bit been like, you know, Brady signing with the Buccaneers for ESPN or the last dance on ESPN. I mean, at least we have something interesting and, and juicy to discuss here. But I can tell you, Elon Musk does not care about the bad optics of this. Uh, Dan, I think it's way beyond bad optics. It's that workers are stuck between a rock and a hard place. There literally is no correct option because, yeah, we're not talking about Twitter here where you're a corporate employee that is on the Internet all day. These are manufacturing employees. They're people who are engineers. They're people who have to collaborate and be physical and be touching things on an assembly line. That is unsafe. It is completely unsafe for this to be open fully. We still don't know what exactly the interiors look like if there is actual adequate spacing in play. So, yes, I totally get it. Of course, if you aren't working, you shouldn't be there. But at the same time, if you are employed but you're kind of being pressured to come in. Um, all I'm saying is that if you are getting unpaid leave during this time uh, and you are being told by the HR boss that it's okay, right? Like it's okay if you don't want to come in, but you won't get paid for it and you won't be able to file for unemployment. There's so much anxiety tied to that, that choice, right? It's not actually a choice because if you're not going to go into work, because you feel unsafe or because you have an elderly person in your home or because you might have caught it somehow and you don't want to infect your other employees, 
then who will be the first to be laid off, right? Who will be the first to not be rehired? Who will be the first to actually be let go? So I think, unfortunately, this sort of economic uncertainty doesn't allow for that choice a lot of the time. And Tesla is just one example, right? During the course of this pandemic, we have seen coffee shops, we have seen bars, we have seen restaurants, the employees saying, hey, I don't actually feel safe going in. This shouldn't be deemed an essential job. People can make coffee at home. So I guess that's the bigger question, right? What is essential? Should this business be open before anyone else, especially when the cleaning protocols are not fully in place? Well, I think you're right, Melody. It goes beyond optics. It's a very hard choice. Now, uh, Miles made a good point, too, about what if your kids are still at home and there's no school? Well, then maybe you can't go in. Now, all that being said, just like devil's advocate, you wonder if we continue out the timeline, you know, there are going to be people who even once states have reopened and even once their offices reopen, they still aren't comfortable going in. And so from the perspective of companies, well, where do you draw that line? I mean, you know, in the sports world, they're concerned that even once fans are allowed to come back, many won't feel comfortable doing so. Same with movie theaters. So if you're the company, well, at what point do they say calendar wise? Well, look, now you got to come in. And if you're not going to come in, it's a tough one. This feels like an entire new seminar on like the philosophy of science or something uh, that that is being born out of all this and how how public health, what the moral choices inherent in public health policy really are. Uh, Not really something that I think we all believe 2020 would usher in. 641 and we're following some breaking news out in New Orleans East right now. Sanitation workers are protesting work conditions. Duke Carter is live there now checking this out. Duke, tell us more about what's happening. Well, we're learning more from uh, some of the people who work here at New Orleans East that the people who are picking up the trash are not moving any of the trucks right now because they are working unsafe conditions. We wanted to talk to one of the people who are out there boycotting. He says that the trucks will not move. This is Mr. Gregory Woods. Again, talk to us. What's the situation out here, sir? Right now, we're boycotting because we we want better pay and better proper equipment for us to do our job. You know, for us to keep the city clean. Y'all, that's what they want us to do. You know, that's our job description, to pick up trash. All right. Give us better equipment and pay us better because the hours are so long and it's hot out here. Then we're dealing with the corona now. Talk to us about the conditions, about what is it like working. Well, working. What is it like working for all, for Metro? Yes, sir. Well... First thing first, we got to deal with the trucks. Some of the trucks are raggedly broken down. They got hydraulic leaks on them. You know, the, the floors leak on us, it gets in our face. Mm-hmm. You know, and out there, it's like we got to deal with, it's more piles we got to pick up. You know, the cans are heavier, you know, and it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a hazard out there dealing with that. It's a headache. Talk to us about, did they provide any face masks for you, or how did that, or, or who's providing the face mask? Right. If, they are, if they are. All right, Miss um, Tiffany is our supervisor. She provides us with face masks, but it be every now and then, because, you know, it's limited to the things, you know, that we can get to the city right now. You know, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we might have face masks, but the rest of the week, we don't have none. You know, and then some of us don't even have, you know, like the, the rewashable face masks. We don't even have them. And the gloves, they provide us with with um, with work gloves but not latex gloves. Got it. Got it. You know, them work gloves, they still could get wet and chemicals still get through there. You know, what if somebody got a cut on their hand and, you know. Gotcha. We deal with toxic waste, though. We, that's what we're dealing with every day. So, and overall, before we go, you just pretty much want better pay and better working conditions. Yes, sir. Better proper equipment to work with. And has anyone spoken to you yet about trying to resolve the issue? No, you see what's going on. They got the gate closed on us. They told us not to even come on the yard right now. Wow. 
That's why all us standing out here. And how many trucks you said are on, well, pretty much are not moving? It's all trucks. All the trucks are at the yard right now. I think it's about 14, 15 trucks, but all I'm in the yard. Now truck moving. Any plans on working today, or is it anybody plan on? No, we ain't working until we see something. We need some progress. Something got to happen, so we're not moving. Got it, got it. So you're just planning on being out here until whenever something does change? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you, Mr. Woods. Thank you. That was just one of the many people out here. He's a hopper for Metro Service that normally picks up trash here, uh, uh, or picks up trash, I should say, in New Orleans. Again, one of the many people out here who are, that does not have any plans to work until, as you just heard, money and uh, better working conditions. Those issues are resolved. We're going to send it back to you all in the studio. All right, Duke, thank you very much. More on that later. Black brother. Black brother hell. Held against his will and harassed on the job. A delivery driver says he believes he was stopped by a homeowner because of the color of his skin. News Force Jessica Bruno is on the story tonight. That delivery driver, Travis Miller, tells me he recently had two deaths in his family, so it's been a hard couple of weeks, an emotional couple of weeks. And what he experienced while on the job here in this northeast Oklahoma City neighborhood didn't make things easier. It was none of your business. I'm going out. That's where I'm going. Home appliance and furniture delivery driver Travis Miller got me blocked in so I can't leave. Trapped inside the Ashford Hills neighborhood Monday after finishing up a delivery. My name's David Stewart. I don't care what your name is. Get out the way. About 30 minutes in, another homeowner joining Stewart. Hey, all we want to know is why you're in here and who gave you the gate code. That's all we need to know. Miller, not wanting to share his customer's personal information, waiting while the two claimed they were calling the police. About an hour later. They must have contacted the customer, but the customer came around and they just spoke for a minute and he moved out the way. An emotional Miller calling the police himself. He said that he called the cops back and let them know that everything was clear, but I didn't want to leave and, um, and have it seem like I was trying to flee the scene or anything like that. Miller talking to News 4 over the phone Wednesday. I don't know what prompted him to, or what had been happening in that neighborhood for him to respond the way he did. His Facebook clip quickly going viral. Many, including Miller, feeling these actions were racially motivated. We tried calling Stewart. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. But the only number we could find for him was disconnected. We stopped by his house, too. No answer. I just know that emotionally it was hard to maintain restraint, um, especially when you're dealing with, uh, dealing with death in the family, uh, two family members within two days of each other. I just did the best I could to make sure that I didn't make a bad situation worse. In Northeast Oklahoma City, Jessica Bruno, Oklahoma's News 4. All right, Jess, thank you. We also tried messaging Stewart on Facebook. Never got back to us, but Miller says Stewart did call his employer this afternoon and demand he take that Facebook Live you heard about down from the side. Context of white supremacy. Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, May 15, 2020. So I have been told. Number one. This is broadcast one of two. We will finish up neutralizing workplace racism whenever we are done for the evening. Oops. 
We'll finish up workplace racism when we are done. We'll take a brief, brief intermission. Folks can grab a snack, get some water, make a trip to the restroom, and then we'll do it again. Our black male listener in China, he was with us uh, about a month ago. He had been with us uh, back in 2011 as well. His third time on the program. Thought it would be great. Continue, as I said, having a global discussion of the problem uh, of white supremacy and so-called COVID-19. We'll get his uh, thoughts. Uh, They have been reporting that uh, there might be a so-called second wave, uh, additional outbreaks uh, in China. I will get his thoughts on uh, how he what's been reported, at least in his part of the world, how they have reported what's going on in the States. Uh, We'll be good to check in with him one more time. The blaming of China that's happened to all of this. Uh, So we'll check in, but that'll be right after we're done today. The exact time it'll be midnight. So technically Saturday, people on the East Coast. Midnight East Coast time, 9 p.m. Pacific this evening and we'll be super international for the fe- uh, next few days we'll have our global Sunday talk on racism uh, this Sunday 3 p.m. Eastern 12 noon Pacific and we'll have Marquise Trevay back on the program he was with us in 2017 he'll be joining us live from Brazil on Tuesday I think we'll have a double dip on Tuesday as well we have been on the counter racist grind Specifically, <clears throat> we should have a suspected racist white male on the program this Tuesday. Uh, he had been writing, he's written books uh, about white supremacy flagrantly and uh, talking about how racists are using this situation to further their goals, uh, recruiting other race soldiers and all of that, even terminology. That'll be Tuesday program one. And then we'll have Marquise Trevay on the program for our second program on Tuesday. So very active, very international. The next few days on the cows, hopefully constructive, not wasting people's time and energy. Uh, For today, this is neutralizing workplace racism. Again, this is not a broadcast for spectators. Certainly not while we are under. Uh, really historic times uh, on the planet with what's happening. Uh, Definitely make sure uh, I think it's constructive uh, to hear from folks in different situations uh, because folks work in so many different fields uh, and then the different locations uh, to hear how people are responding to this, uh, how we have adjusted our code to deal with this situation, to stay safe uh, in this situation, whether that's adjusting our code for being at home, adjusting our code for being in the office, or if you're out on the road, we have folks who do trucking and that sort of thing. Whatever your workplace situation is, uh, I think it's good for us to uh, just get a, a bearing, get a sense uh, of what is happening on the planet, in the workplace with all of this uh, and what we can do to make sure that we are ready to roll dealing with any new problems. If it's going to be uh, a time off situation, if it's vacation, if it's just making sure that we're safe, uh, able to get to and from work safely without contracting anything or taking anything back to our family, attempted families. Good things to make sure we are on top of given the current state of the planet. Uh, so, again, not for spectators. The number is 605 313 5164. The code 564 
pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Number again, 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. We have any folks... You are not having any of these problems. You have ample protective gear in your workplace or they give you the option. You can stay at home. You don't have to be in the workplace and dealing with people not washing their hands and all the rest of it. You get vacation days. They don't do any messing around with your schedule. And oh, man, we got this crisis and everything. And I know you're supposed to have uh, a vacation day for Memorial Day and you had your big cookout plan. But oh, yeah, we got to have all hands on deck. Sorry about that. So. Your vacation has been revoked. They might not even say everyone's just your vacation has been rescinded. You don't have any of those problems. If you need time off to, you know, deal with your offspring or anything else, it is allowed. No questions asked and done with a smile. If you are in that glorious position, definitely make sure you dial in 605-313-5164. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Certainly, if folks have uh, any difficulties, problems that they're experiencing, and you would like some input from other victims of white supremacy to try to help process in a counter-racist manner uh, what you're dealing with uh, and process it in a manner so that you are solving problems without creating new problems certainly you're welcome to dial in and we'll do our best with suggestions uh some of the audio segments that we heard uh at the beginning uh i can start do it reverse uh that last segment black male out doing deliveries i just said we got a number of uh victims Folks who call into this very broadcast uh, who do delivery driving and such have been doing so even during the crisis here. Uh, And he goes into this gated community. We talked about that in uh, James Lowen's Sundown Towns. He talked about the rise of these gated communities and how they can exert even more control, often racism, white supremacy over uh, who has access Uh, to these areas, to these houses as a guest or as a homeowner and then what it's going to be like and all of that have even more restrictions, less outsider uh, meddling in their affairs. So he goes into this gated community uh, to make a delivery, doing everything lawful. And all of a sudden this white man leaps out. Hey, who are you? Where'd you come from? Did you break in? You got a crowbar there? Wow, and it's been lied, it seems like, at least to me. Maybe I'm, you know, prejudiced, as they say, uh, because I just had the experience at the mailbox. But just seems like it's more of these. Uh, this wasn't anything dealing with the virus per se. Uh, it's not like it was over a mask or, you know, you're not social distancing or, you know, are you an essential worker? Just what are you doing here? This is kind of the same old, same old, typical uh, racism, white supremacy. You're not supposed to be, you know, in this area this state this city this country this world what are you doing here nigger uh and he stays calm you know i'm i'm just trying to leave sir i'm just trying to leave 
it escalates another white man who lives there maybe uh comes to the first white man and joins it yeah what are you doing here what how'd you get the gay code what what's your name they want all this information that's why i said with that situation at the mailbox i don't do interrogations we're not doing any of that if you have concluded i'm a bandit i've hopped the fence or i jimmied the lock you know I did something so that I could break into your gated community and I'm looting furniture or whatever conclusion you've come to. That's what I'm going to call the police. You're not an enforcement official or I don't know. Maybe you are. If you are, you should identify yourself as such, you know, break out the handcuffs and all the rest of it. Go through proper procedure, due process, as they say. But if you're just, you know, no badge race soldier out here, we're not doing an interrogation. Call the police. And in those type of situations, uh, if you don't know, because like I said, with my situation at the mailbox, I didn't know if he had uh, a firearm or not. I suspect that he did. I don't know about the situation. The fellow in the truck here, victim in the truck. I don't know. These race soldiers, maybe they had a firearm. I don't know. You can never really tell. Uh, it might be in your best interest. If you are working, you're in a work capacity, call the police. They're blocking you, particularly they're blocking you. They're obstructing your path so you can't. Oh, yeah. Call the police immediately. I would call. I would probably if it gets to that, I would immediately. There's nothing else to talk about. I've asked you to move and you're not doing so. Call the police immediately. I'm being blocked. This is where I am. This situation. Boom, boom, boom. Then I would call my supervisor and let them know. I called the police. They're blocking me in. They're not letting me leave. I called enforcement officials so they can come out. There'll be a report of the incident. They can get them to move. But. Yeah, this is what it is. Give them all the information, but it wouldn't be any talking. I'm not answering any questions. I'm not giving you any information. You can see I'm in a company truck, right? So you can call the company to verify if there was a delivery in this area, right? But yeah, that's one of those where we talk about uh, maintaining. uh, I say it regularly. We all have different views, right? On racism, white supremacy, victims guarantee qualified. No problem. However, one component we should be in unison with regards to workplace racism, maintaining your composure, not allowing yourself where things can happen that anger you, but that does not mean your response is going to be you start yelling and cursing and let me hop out this cab and, you know, show you a thing or two and, you know, all the rest. Like, that is not gonna, like this fella might have had a gun. They've been talking about all these white people going out and buying firearms, right? All over the country, right? And ammunition. And then he had a friend. That's what I say too. You never know. They might have planned this. You know, it might have been Bob is over here. What? You see that nigger? I bet he hopped the fence. Is he? I, we got a looter. Let me get my gun. I go in. I get my six. I, hey, let me text Pete. Pete, run outside real quick. I'm gonna go up and approach. You flank him on the right. If it looks like he's gonna give me any lip, might run. You come up and flank him. We'll take this coon down. It could have been totally that. They could have had two or three other people out in the way. You never know. Like again, when I say consistently. This is not a situation that you planned. You didn't go into this neighborhood thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a confrontation with these white fellas. And, you know, they're going to be sorry they bumped into this coon today. If that was not the case, it's going to be very little to talk about. You've concluded that I'm some sort of, you know, criminal outlaw molesting you fine folks in your gated community. Call the enforcement. I'm sure you have a cell phone. But he did a great job. And you see the tackiness, right? This white fella, suspected racist after all this is over. And, oh, you're not a looter. You're just nigger here to live. Okay. We'll keep our eye on you as you leave the neighborhood. Coon got in here. So all this is over. He goes back. He reports it. Now it becomes a big deal. Like, oh, man, they accosted this driver. That's so terrible. 
No, oh man, I'm so sorry. Let me send you a KFC gift card. Let me apologize, you know, that we got the Rona and I just been there. They could have said that, right? That's what everyone said. I just been, it's been rough. You know, we, we had the scare with the Rona. I thought our dog got it and it's just been stressful on all of us. We're a little low on toilet paper. We only got 70 rolls and just been on edge, you know. They could have said, nah, nah, nah. they didn't say that. What did he say in the report? Say they called the station to complain or they called his employer to complain. Hey, you get that coon to take that video down offline got us talking about saying we did something racist i don't hear anything about it. you get that cooner take that video down right now no apology my bad sorry about that you were just out here working bringing our neighbors gifts goodies that they ordered none of that just take that video down and get out of here anybody if you were we had we have a lot of i said that consistently we don't have uh tons and tons of cows listeners who are Uh, with their feet propped up on Zoom and telecommuting. We have some people, but the bulk of the cows listeners, it seems, at least people that dial in, that is not them. They are essential workers. They're still having to go in and such. If you are driving, doing any of that, uh, deliveries, uh, Uber Eats, Grubhub, any of that, where you're doing deliveries to people's houses, man, there should be an extensive code and particularly now because like I said there just there seem to be a lot more reports uh, of black people being accosted out in public space even more so than normal I'm not even talking about the Mr. Uh, Arbery situation I'm talking about me just trying to check my mailbox this black fella he's just trying to go make a delivery it's been tons of those situations just since the runner sometimes it'll be oh you don't have a mask on or are you in such a work or are you working but just tons of that i would be very mindful and i would have a code if you get stopped they don't think you're supposed to be in this neighborhood what are you doing here i would already have a code and like i said if it looks anything like it's escalating if it's more white people coming to the scene they're blocking your presence you think they have anything you don't feel safe anything just trust your instinct i would call the police immediately and i would use it's a gang it wouldn't be it's a couple folks it's a gang a gang has approached me they're being hostile i don't know if they're armed they're blocking my path like I would emphasize I do not feel safe this is a dangerous situation and I feel like it could spiral out of control immediately I need assistance right away and I think they're going to rape a white woman you can add that in too and see if that'll get them to help but I mean emphasize like I'm in danger let's get assistance right now and then I would call the boss and then you can just have the in fact you can be recording and boop switch over and just make all your calls right take advantage of the technology so I would record you got the situation video audio all that make the police call then you can call the work and it's nothing else to say to them I just keep my eye on them I can see what they're doing and you know try to be alert because it might be other white people in the area they might have the whole neighborhood watching you all right so that's one I'm going in reverse so the one uh, immediately before that was the sanitation workers in Louisiana We've had a number of reports just like that since this whole pandemic started, mostly black. And that one uh, was in Louisiana. One of the other ones that uh, reports that we played for workplace racism was in Pennsylvania. There were at least some whites in that uh, protest strike. This one, it looked like all black people. I don't know if they were all sanitation workers. It looked like some of them might have just been supporters who were there. You know, they had the camera. So it might have just been people coming to look and see what was going on. But spectators, as they say, but. 
it, spectators, workers, every, I think even the reporter, if my memory is correct, everybody there looked like they would be classified as black. Not a big shock because, I mean, Louisiana does have a lot of black people. Um, but to have that and they had the signs, that was what made it stand out, man. When we played the report from Pennsylvania, it was, I think, right almost on the day. It may have been on the date, April 4, when Dr. King was assassinated in Tennessee supporting black sanitation workers who said almost verbatim what they said in Louisiana and Pennsylvania. We don't have any pay and the trucks are raggedy and all exactly what they said in Memphis, Tennessee in 1968, exactly what they said in Pennsylvania this year. We don't have any face masks. We don't have any protection. Uh, New Orleans was a hot spot. That's what they said. They had Mardi Gras and all that other nonsense and didn't take it seriously. Waited too late. And uh, they said that was bad spots. I mean, you don't want to be reckless. Uh, out in New Orleans just running around like it's just no big deal and you know particularly doing sanitation work once again that's something I've had like I said we have essential workers they said that consistently essential workers just in worldwide they didn't just say that in the United States they said that uh, in the UK as well disproportionately you got a lot of black people non-white people who end up being classified as so-called essential workers we come out and do that nonsense and bang on the pots and wish them a good day and send them out and wish for the best hope nothing happens to you they had uh belly muhinga we talked about her when we had uh toyan toyan agbetu on the program earlier this week uh she was a black uh rail worker in the uk a white passenger spat on her coughed on her said he had the virus and then she died uh some days later they just reported that this week they're supposed to be investigating and seeing if they can get the train footage to figure out what happened talk to her family they're disgusted obviously uh about the whole situation but uh, essential worker just what i said repeat what i said before they have had reports stating exactly that white people make it their goal to give the negras the virus Anywho, uh, let's see. They had the report uh, on Tesla. I am confused. Maybe I need to read and do more research on Elon Musk. I know he was talking about the rockets and getting off the planet and all of that. Right. I'm not the most intelligent fella. Uh, I don't own a Tesla. I don't think I'll ever own a Tesla. Even if I get my stimulus check and all the rest, I don't think I'll have Tesla budget uh, anytime soon. But I thought those were like the quiet new technology like green vehicles did i mess that up is that tesla i thought that's what they were all about we want to protect the planet and be good stewards and not be all about pollution it maybe i'm wrong that's not tesla maybe that's not you all can set me straight on that because i'm real ignorant about because i guess i don't have tesla money so no need for me to do a whole lot of reason but i thought that was them they got a whole bunch of them they fly around seattle some of them got the cool doors that uh just glide upward to open i thought that was tesla i thought they would be on the front lines of yeah we're all about worker safety and we got a plan to social distance and get our cars made safely and we got the latest hazmat mask uh and filtration center like that's what i would expect to hear not just we're going to defy state orders in california to open uh, or to remain closed we're going to defy governor newsom you know you can't tell us what to do i'm a white man uh, and we're going to reopen. And if you don't want to come into work, fine. You won't get unemployment. Like, wow. I, I thought <laughs> we were supposed to be looking out for the planet and 
each other. Not to, and that sounds like it would be, again, forcing essential workers. I could be wrong. I'd have to get the demographics of the population working at that plant in California, but I would strongly suspect it's going to probably be a lean to non-white people, at least the folks that are going to have to come in and get grimy to make those cool gliding doors on those vehicles and such. I suspect it's probably going to be non-white people. I could be in error about that one. We'll share a little bit more as we uh, proceed. Number again, no spectators, 605-313-5164, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, The email address, if we have folks who do not want to dial in or can't dial in, whatever it is, uh, email untiljustice at gmail.com until justice at gmail.com if you want to remain anonymous uh, we can read your commentary on the air or suggestions whatever it is uh, we can make sure we include it in the broadcast uh, already have some folks who wrote in uh, we'll sprinkle those in as we proceed until justice at gmail.com number again 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND Press star six one if you would like to participate. I'll make, just get one more thing in. that I'll get to the callers. I see the folks who have a hand up. Whoopee. Um, I didn't play the report. Maybe I should have. I thought we had a lot of report. That's one thing I will say since this COVID situation has taken place. Man, the cup runneth over with workplace racism. Like we could just take the whole broadcast and play different reports talking about, you know, policy and procedure is going to change and what's happening with essential workers, people going on strike, like eruption uh, because it has disrupted everything, but lots and lots of dialogue about the workplace and what to be done, what should be changed, what shouldn't be done anymore. Uh, I saw a report this morning. It was on StoryCorps. You can check online story core. So they talked to two black postal workers. The reason I'm bringing this up because someone uh, called in and they at or wrote in someone asked, um, has have people been paying attention to the folks who deliver packages in your area? Has it changed? If you recall, like earlier in the year or before all this started, do you remember the racial classification of the people who would bring your mail to you? Uh, Amazon packages, uh, UPS, United States Postal Service, whatever it is, people in other parts of the world, whatever, you know, whoever brings your packages, uh, did it change? And we had a number of folks who said that they have observed a substantial change since all of this happened, that, it, you know, they were in areas that had a number of white delivery uh, drivers. And now it's almost entirely non-white delivery drivers. And they've noted this change since the whole virus pandemic started. The report that they had on StoryCorps today, they had a black male, a black female. They both work with the United States Postal Service. And they were talking about, you know, this whole situation, how crazy it is trying to deal with all of this, trying to stay safe. Do you have a mask and making sure you don't take anything home? They had their code for how they try to clean up before they go in on uh, this one black female. She said that she went dropped the mail at this one house and she was going to scurry away and person came out and said uh oh my dad died and she said she was about to leave and she just she broke down and lost it she said man it's just been it's been crazy like with all of this and some of them said they'd had people in their family that passed away and 
all the rest of it. But I mean, and again, essential workers, essential workers, not at home with their feet propped up, uh, but just wow. Like uh, it has had an impact on lots of people in a variety of ways, uh, whether they got sick or not. Uh, whether they, you know, were impacted on their job or not, even for people who uh, have not been ill, uh, knock on wood, so-called, uh, have not lost their job, have not had a reduction in hours, and it has still been extremely traumatizing. So uh, for folks out there, if you, you know, are feeling stressed, anxious, depressed, frustrated, all of the above, uh, it is very common given the circumstances, uh, even for people, like I said, who, Hey, I'm still working, got all my normal hours and everything, regular paycheck. And I am still stressed uh, about all of this. That is very common. Uh, try as best we can. Like I said, to find some things, even from the limited week position that we are in, uh, acknowledging that stress and then finding some ways, uh, that are constructive to deal with that. Uh, if you can get out and take a little hike, uh, if there are some exercises or activities that you enjoy that you can do, uh, I'd say if there are people that you enjoy hanging out with, you could do that. But I don't know. That might not be allowed, uh, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, but definitely try to figure out some things. If you can get out of the house, that'd be helpful. Uh, if you can get out, maybe go to a park beach area. If it's open and allowed, you can still social distance, but try to figure out some things uh, to deal with that stress, cook some quality foods that will be delicious that you enjoy that are not filled with toxins and chemicals and poisons. Uh, Try to find some constructive ways of dealing with it. But man, it has been a monumentally, a historically anxiety inducing 2020. Getting to some of the folks who dialed in. Let's see. Uh, we'll get our Bay Area mom first, then we'll work out to other folks. Uh, Bay Area mom, Governor Newsom's California. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. Right here. Can I be heard? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. We can hear you. We can hear you. Can you hear me now? We can hear you. We can hear you. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just making all this noise. Um, Thanks for taking my call. Greetings, everyone. Uh, woo. So, yeah, um, I just got a new client. I'm here in the Tesla area. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they're making other things aside of cars, their, their technology. Yeah, so they have to go back. And I know their people are waiting because I know a lot of people that work at Tesla and they're, um, they're non-white, a lot of them. Uh, and they're waiting on the uh, pay that Tesla gives you to work you like a robot. I know this one guy, he's still holding on to his check from when the when they were forced to close the doors on the last day, that kind of thing. <laughs> so people may be happy that they're um, going to open the doors. Um, for me, I started a new client. My um, client, uh, my client, cancel session for the whole May, the one that I had. I, right now, we're only allowed two children, I guess, maybe per... Well, only two children, so versus maybe having five, six, seven uh, a day, or we only have two. Um, it's fine for me that the client canceled, so I was fine, um, but my company wasn't, so they're, oh, we'll find you somewhere else. Okay. Still waiting on unemployment because I have to supplement for the uh, 
drastic uh, economic drop. So I got this guy in the Walnut Creek area. Uh, well, it's not a guy. It's a girl. So, oh, good news. We got a client for you starting on, I got the message Tuesday that I start on Wednesday, three days a week, two hours a day. Little girl. But she has a brother. Oh, yay. Two years under her. White children, white mom. So the little boy, he's, I assume he's not uh, on the spectrum. The little girl is. So I'm there for her. That's what my case says. Everything says her. But there's this little boy, too. So in real life, it's like twins. And he wants the attention. She wants the attention. So I noticed with um, Caucasian mom, just from doing my work, they allow the the children to kind of run the show. And then when you get there, they're waiting on you to do some magic. So uh, you then you blame it on the dad. Oh yeah, they've been spending time with their dad lately, and you know he's he's acting uh, like a stinker. Hmm. So. Uh, he dominates a lot of the time, so it's complicated to uh, pair with the new child that I'll only have for a couple of weeks until my client <laughs> uh, gets back on schedule. So the little boy, very dominant, very, I'm not saying he's not smart and all that, but I'm there for one person, and I just don't understand how the combination of two, how, how I got a two for one. So that means you're watching both children and the mom she'll go off do her yoga stretch whatever she's doing uh and i'm left with these kids so the little boy is very aggressive he wants to do what he wants to do you can tell he bosses everyone around in the house he's stepping in for his dad who ran off and went wherever he went i'm sure the children are a lot and um so the little boy uh real aggressive real pulley that's Wednesday. So Thursday, something happened. So he's attacking me because he wants to do what he wants to do. Mind you, I'm there for his sister. So he hits me in the stomach. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I just, mm -hmm. So then something else happened, and um, <laughs> he did something. So he's swinging and kicking and carrying on. He wants to do what he wants to do. No, I'm doing this and that, you know. Excellent vocabulary to state what he's going to do, how he's going to do it. Oh, no, not interested in what you're talking about. I'm going to do what I want to do. No, thanks. No problem. We'll do it. So the mom has to run after me. You go get him because I don't understand the group here. I'm here for this little girl. So you can tell he dominates everything to where she's very uh, shy. She's very quiet, and he he's a, he's attacks her. So she tries to fight back. So one of the goals for me is to teach her how to play well with the brother, but I haven't started on goals because I'm just trying to figure the children out first. So I had a supervisor meeting yesterday on, I guess it's Zoom or the camera or whatever, and then I did the split screen, and um, so my supervisor, or the supervisor over this uh, case, she's online, and uh, I'm online. Two hours, all of us playing all that, so in the midst of that, the little boy, uh, something didn't go his way, very dominant and bossy. And so he wants to, uh, I think he did hit me, something he did. Uh, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm out. 
So I'll leave you out here. So then the mom, oh, no, I can't leave. I got to go out there because I can't leave the little girl out there. Well, you better do, do something. So, because I'm out. So I'm um, wrapping it up and uh, looking at this little boy. So today, I go to go bike riding. He's at the need for speed. So he speeds, goes real fast. He has to do a lot of uh, movement to keep up with this one. And mind you, I'm here for the little girl. So there I got him. And I guess it's a break for the mom because she can't handle the boat because the little boy runs the complete show. And then you got this little girl. So I'm stopping him because I have to wait. And um, so I stand in front of the bike. So he's pushing, pushing, pushing. And then mom, well, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. He's not listening. Oh, no, thanks. So <laughs> and he proceeds to hit me in the stomach. So I said, you know what? This is not going to work. You're not, it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to do this. So now the mom feels however she feels. Now, mind you, there was another person on the case Monday, but I don't know what happened because it been, I don't know what happened to where this person isn't there. So I inherited these, uh, children. So I was like, oh, okay, this is not going to work. So then he gets aggressive again. He doesn't want to follow. He follows no direction. He does what he wants to do, so you have to do a lot of deterring. And I don't want to deter him because he's not my client. The little girl is. So it seems like it's a two-for-one package, but she's not. he's not on the case. So now the mom is saying, he's, I want to go first. I want to go first, not her. And so he wants to go first. Well, you have to apologize to Mary. He looked at her like, <laughs> What? Please, I want to go first. No, 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 you have to apologize and this, that, and the other. Please. He was not, if he apologized, you apologize. He's not interested in apologizing. He had rather apologize to her. So she's asking, well, did you apologize to um, to me? Uh, No, please. No. Yeah, I did. You sure? Yeah, I don't know how this goes. No apologies. No big deal either. I just know I'll be two-week noticing these people. So go in. He's real aggressive in, in, in the house. He's real aggressive with his sister, just insanely aggressive. So the mom did some timeout stuff. He comes back out, you know, the devil angel thing. Oh, I've taken this long nap, and I'm calm, and this, that, and the other. Now, nah, because I just stay away from him. So now I'm not even talking to you. So it's not even tuning you in. So he comes, you know, talks to me, sits by me, and I'm just looking at him, continue playing, you know, with a client of mine. So he still wants to uh, interact, but I'm tuning him completely out. So um, he's saying something. She's like, well, I don't know, because she might not want to go out with you anymore because you're you're, you're being mean to me and you're you're being mean to mommy, you know, her, and just being mean to everybody, your sister. And so you can tell he just pops everyone up. And he's real aggressive. And Daddy said I could do this. I was like, oh, we don't want to override that. Oh, you can override him. I'm not in the middle of any of that. But I'm not going to be able to do this. Um, I've never been hit. I thought about the last. There was a caller that called. She did the same thing as me. She had the same job as me. And she was saying something about being hit. I think this was a few months ago. And I thought about it. I was like, oh, I haven't been hit. I, you know, you go through changes with them because they don't listen, and the parents act like they don't know what to do. Uh, but I've never been hit until this week, 
And um, I it just I so the mom said, uh, well, you know, just, he's just being real. He's just being real bossy. Like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I just like, I don't know. He just he's just hitting. I don't know if it's the changes. What changes? Or who is? She was saying that he doesn't act. He didn't act like that with the other person. So I said, is the other person a male? No. And it didn't sound like a, a black person either with the name. And so I said, huh. So well, she wasn't, they weren't here long. I thought, oh, okay. Well, I think, you know, with the teen, you know, because since they weren't here long and then, you know, with the dad and, you know, being in the house. I don't know. But I don't know. And then she was telling me the daughter needs, like, firm, uh, uh, assertive instructions. Won't be for me. I just met him. So um, you can tell it's something, and it might be my hue that allows him to think that he could just do anything to me, and there's no consequence. So it might not be, but I was thinking racist man, racist woman, racist child. So uh, with that, I'll mute my line, and thank you for taking my call. Wow. Violence. Direct violence. There's been more of that uh, in 2020, in my view, just more direct violence. Um, Does the place where you work, do they have a policy and procedure about, like, this is what to do if a client becomes uh, violent, like incident report or anything in their manual? Um. Actually, yes, there is something in there that I guess I'm to report if they're aggressive, and then we're working on that. Those are behaviors that you're working on. So me, I'm not working on that because that's not how I, I don't do that. So what I'm going to do is two-week notice this client because it seems like, in that, especially in this field, that's possible to happen um, because I'm a um, behavior uh, technician and then there the children um, are on the autism spectrum because it's so open and um, so there's no protective gear or anything but the parents are supposed to inter- intervene and they, they don't. So um, I'm going to look further into that uh, because I have seen, um, you know, uh, different forms, especially in an uh, office setting when you have the uh, armor or the uh, protective gear on. So when they do hit, you can block it. But I didn't sign up for that part of it. I didn't do. I didn't go in for that. I, I'd love to block hits, but I didn't, I didn't want to work there. I'm doing this. So, no, it's not concrete like that, but I do have the right to pull out right on much obliged um yeah that if you you know have already come to a conclusion about your safety and the best way to preserve your safety and well-being is two week notice right on if you you know say hey i did not deal with violent clients uh, and i would encourage everybody listening to the broadcast uh any victim of racism you need to have your own standards in terms of what you are willing to tolerate in a work environment, like bare minimums. 
I'm not going to be in a work environment where people are being violent. You know, like, I'm not going to be in a work environment where people are sexually abusing me or anybody else. Like, whatever things that you know, this, these are things I absolutely cannot tolerate. Know what they are and then just enforce that as you go. If you already see, like, yeah, this is not for me, I'm good. Because a lot of times we can end up in these type of situations and be stuck there for long, long times or have bad things happen. Um, just everything about that. The mom is not intervening. She could be deliberately practicing racism. Thank goodness. Got this nigga woman here. She can, you know, look after all of my offspring, even though she's only supposed to be looking after the daughter. Uh, and I can go get some yoga. In. That's what she said. She left it was out doing yoga and, you know, other things. Oh, Timmy, you know, calm down. Be nice. You know, don't punch her again get the rest down with face and dog Woo! thank god got two i mean what the world like uh and that sort of thing i suspect happens a lot too where a non-white person is exploited in that manner talk about wage theft as opposed to uh well one number one safety we will get this little urchin to keep his hands to himself and put a plan together and boom boom, boom and all that two Make sure they get double billed uh, for services since we got two children and we got to, you know, organize a plan for someone who's not even a client, uh, technically speaking. Like, I feel like that type of thing happens a lot where we end up uh, just getting they find ways of giving us more work, more work, more work, extra clients and all this, even though we're not being compensated for it. Uh, and in this case, put in like real physical harm's way. Uh, as a result of it and it's jeopardizing your ability to even do your job that you you know was supposed to with the client that brought you there in the first place so act two weeks peace out uh, and I would still set up a plan to make sure that I'm as safe as possible like even if it meant um, I don't know if it's within the guidelines of where you work um, but it might even have to be something like you know hey uh, this little fella is not my client um, it can't be a situation where I come and I'm working with your daughter and, you know, he's saying, oh, I got to go first. Bring it her, her, her and tear out the like, you know, uh, in fact, maybe even seeing, you know, what are options? Because it'd be possible to set up a plan where uh, I come in whatever time period that I'm supposed to be here. We're in a room by ourselves with the door closed and you have him, you know, wherever he can do whatever else in the house. But this is our private space. He's not my client for the time being. If that changes, great. But for the time being, this is going to be our space and the like. Set that up in advance. So that's not something that, you know, we have to waste time and talk and argue about. Like, you already know what the deal is. So things should be prepared when I walk in. Bam. We can just go to the area and get cracking. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's feasible or not. But those are the type of things I'd be trying to think of because that is absurd. Like to have anybody, male, female, child. Uh, striking you physically and under these conditions like you don't know if he has the virus anything like get it you're not even one of my clients uh not that that would make it any better but like get out of here i didn't even want one of the job occupations you said where you know we're going to be doing restraints and they teach you how to do blocks and wrestling holes and all that like i didn't even want to do all that and who would like forget that like no like and and i feel like they if that had been a black child I feel like a lot of times uh, agencies and such, they are much less tolerant. Like, oh, no, you got to control your children and we're not going to have all that white children, white parent, like even black parent, you know, like, oh, my gosh, shiftless Negro parent can't even take care of their children. She can go do yoga. It's no big deal. The agency doesn't think it's a big deal. Like, oh, yeah, yoga's great. You don't practice. 
maintain your same thing I've been emphasizing a lot. Your safety, you have to make it a priority, whatever that means. Black self-respect might mean two weeks notice. Might mean, you know, we have to make a safety plan immediately uh, for how, you know, this is never going to happen again. I'm never going to be struck. It could be manifest in a lot of different ways, but prioritize your safety, uh, particularly now, because I suspect there's a whole lot of that just being real reckless with essential employees, black people. Much obliged to Bay Area mom. Stay safe for those final uh, two weeks man white chat i had asked about that i know she i was trying to think of who it was i don't know if it was b in canada who she was that said got struck on the job or was dealing with something similar because i think she also works with uh children in a like residential type setting or group home setting so it might have been b in canada i'll have to see um but yeah that anybody working in those sort of situations i've said before like there should be a whole separate code people that work with uh young people like children woof or you work where white people bring their children to the job, that type of thing. Like that deserves a whole lot of thinking, detailed thinking and codification. Cause that can present a lot of hazards. Uh, let's see. I'll read one email and then we'll get to some of the other folks who dialed in. Uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, this is a link. This is a link and it's uh, a link for the report that I just got. So I am all on it. Whoopee for Gus T. It was about the uh, black driver uh, who was accosted, terrorized uh, by it ended up being a gang of whites, two of them, uh, and wouldn't let him back out. Some other people saw that workplace racism. Same thing that I said before, uh, importance of maintaining your uh, composure emotions uh nothing else really matters if you don't keep your emotions together as the the driver did stay calm think about what you want to do solving problems without creating new problems you don't do the emotional part then nothing else really matters uh 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate Hey Gus, um, I'm on a balcony with music in the background. How do I sound? If if you hear noise in the background, I'll step aside. Mm, it's, it's pretty clear so far. Okay, okay. Um, I'm, it's interesting that you just said that because that's basically what I called for. Because I just I really don't have a report. I just have uh, I just wanted what people to just basically give. Uh, I'm gonna walk inside and turn the music up. Uh. Yes, I just wanted um, just um, examples or a code because I am a truck driver. And as I stated, I'm no longer delivering to, um, you know, industrial places, restaurants, um, you know, businesses. Um, Now I'm driving a big truck in residential areas. So now I'm going into gated communities. So when I seen a video of the gentleman being cornered off, and um, that also has happened to me, um, not work-related, but during Hurricane Sandy in the tri-state area, I made a wrong turn, and I was boxed in by two uh, white um, um, deputized uh, race soldiers. You know, I don't think they were police officers, but 
and they question me while, you know, do I live around here? Why am I speeding? And, you know, I stayed calm. I got out of that situation. But however, um, I'm just trying to, I'm, I've been worried because I'm, I'm walking on people's porches. I'm, I'm, I'm delivering packages. I'm going into um, residential areas. And, um, you know, Gus, I'm just at a different space. And I don't know uh, how I would react if I'm uh, faced with that situation, that scenario where just two residents just come asking me, you know, why am I here? Where am I going? You know, why I'm um, trying to provide a service. So, you know, if any, anybody out there can, um, you know, give me some tips on what they would do, you know, so um, because I'm, I'm just dreading, you know, especially when I see what happened in Georgia, you know, and I'm, I'm delivering in, um, you know, areas in New Jersey with $8 million homes, million dollar homes, you know, you know, people that's, they have money, you know what I mean? And I don't see too many black faces, you know, I, matter of fact, and I, since I've been delivering, I've seen maybe one black face, one black male. Even a tragic arrangement with a white woman, you know. But as far as that, that's those are the only those are the that's the only uh, black person that I have delivered to in this three week period. So, if anybody have any suggestions, um, I'm a truck um, How should I um, handle that if that was to happen uh, weeks, you know, in the coming weeks, and um, also. Um, if anybody out there are union workers, um, I just wanted to know because I work for a company and the owner of my company, uh, he, you know, he, he goes out his way to try to undermine, um, the union and, um, the union also isn't the best union, you know, it's a teamsters union. And, um, so I'm in a dairy union and from my understanding, this union years in the seventies, sixties, it was eighties. It was, you know, it was heavily white. But now that the workforce has switched from white, and most of the white guys who were uh, uh, milk delivery drivers now they're in the um, they're they're like heads of the union, and I and I noticed that they don't, you know, the, the contracts has basically went down the drain, you know? So I just wanted to know, has anybody that's in the union been noticing uh, their employers working outside of the rules of the union, taking advantage of this pandemic to undermine um, the union? You know, because I'm right now, we should be in the year of negotiating a new contract. So I'm just kind of... I just want to see how this goes, and I'm just kind of worried. You know, um, I've been on this job for going on eight years. Ten years I'll be vested. So 2021, if I, if I manage to stay long enough, at least I'll get a pension. My plan is to get my own truck, but 2021 I can leave and I can have a pension. But, you know, has anybody seen any employers trying to um, undermine um, the union? being though that we're in uh, this pandemic. So those are my two questions, and um, if anybody has any response. 
Uh, much obliged. We'll see if we can get responses for those two questions. I just wanted to know really quick, what type of vehicle when you make your deliveries, like, is it something that has like, like it's flagrant? Like if you see the truck or whatever you're in, is it got like the name of the company on and it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a delivery truck. Is it like, what type of vehicle do you use to make your deliveries? Yes. Yes. It's, 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 uh, um, it's a delivery truck. I mean, it's, it's the company is plastered all over the truck. So there's no mistaking that, you know, I'm providing a service, but there was only one incident I had. I was making a delivery and, um, a woman, Indian woman, um, non-white, um, Indian woman, you know, she just, you know, just stopped and just started taking pictures of me while I was doing the delivery. It was just real weird. Um, it, it made me uncomfortable, but I just proceeded to make the delivery. And, and also, that was in a gated community. So, you know, I'm just, you know, so I'm just kind of um, worried uh, that maybe I might be in the same situation as uh, that was reported. Uh, the, uh, the driver that was um, was basically harassed by two race soldiers. Can I be heard? Uh, yes, sir. I just wanted to comment really quick on the bot or suggestion portion uh retired firefighter uh the man you are totally correct i'll say that you are totally correct to be concerned worried if people want to say paranoid all of the above logical logical intelligent fear that's the term mr fullergy uh uses i think it's totally correct and particularly given everything that's been happening um one it might be good to even bring it up with your employer. Um, the incident that happened with this fellow this week, uh, what's happened to you before? Uh, do you have any suggestions if we get stopped, harassed, uh, in route to making a delivery, just, you know, you can go over what their policy is, uh, and let them know your concerns, given the number of incidents of, you know, conflict, people are upset and nervous and it's been conflicts over masks and all that social distancing. So, uh, just with all this heightened anxiety, it might be good, uh, to have a policy to make sure that we're safe uh, in more ways than one safe, uh, when we go out. So that would be one. Um, I think too, uh, anytime, at least in my view, uh, anytime that you go out to make a delivery, if it gets to any point for any reason uh, where you don't feel safe, I would make an asset. Well, one, bam, I would be recording. Something happens. These fellas come out of it asking me questions, anything like that. Boop. I'm going to whip out my recorder. We start recording. Now I have a record uh, of what's happening. If I'm in my vehicle, I'm staying in the vehicle. I'm not getting out. Uh, we can talk right there unless this person has identified themselves as an enforcement officer I'm not getting out of the vehicle for any reason roll the window if I roll the window down it'll just be like a crack just a crack might not probably not even that because I think you can hear even the windows rolled up so probably not even that uh, but once I make that assessment if I do I feel unsafe with what's happening here anything like that I'm calling the police. My employer is called two. the police is called one. You can, as I said, you can continue recording while you make your call to the police. You could do that on the same phone, Boop, call the police. Okay. What's the situation? And then I would just record and wait. Once I've called the police, it's nothing else to say. Like that would be my code. Um, anything else? If I was already out of the vehicle and it's, you know, what are you doing? Such and such and such and such this, that, and the other, if I'm at the person's property, 
uh, you know, and I'm in the middle of the delivery. I should have an invoice, whatever paperwork you ordered a package. Oh, okay. Boom. Let's do it. If they're acting wild, well then yeah, just call the supervisor. I will get off their property immediately and exit. But yeah, I would, anything where I do not feel safe, it would just be immediate pause. If I'm in the cabin, in the vehicle, pause, begin recording, make my assessment. Do I need to call enforcement officials? If I'm not in the cabin, and something happens if it's with the person or what have you and showing the information, what I'm doing there, if that does not diffuse it, I'm immediately going to get back in the cabin as soon as possible. I'm going to get off their property and I'm going to make the same assessment. Do I need to call the enforcement officials and then call my employer to report what happened? Um, might not be logical, but that's what I would do. Priority on my safety and for any reason. I do not feel safe, feel like I could be in harm's way. Whoa, (laughs) take that seriously. This day and time, take that seriously. And I would not raise my voice. Like I said, it wouldn't be. That's the same thing I said about my mailbox situation. I would not get into any interrogations with these folks that come up and they're asking 21 questions. And what are you doing? And how did you get in this neighborhood? Where did you get the code from? Where is your company located? We're not doing 50,000 questions. I don't know you. I'm not supposed to even be going to your residence. Like, man, I'm here for delivery. It's probably not going to be much more beyond that. After that, if there's being getting back in my cabin, boop, record button. Do I need to call? I'm not doing 15,000 questions with somebody who's coming up to me in a hostile manner. uh, Like they mean to do me some harm. Like they're talking to me like I'm not supposed to be here, even though you see me in this big truck with UPS or FedEx or whatever it is plastered on it. You see me with the uniform, the dolly. I got packages that I seem to be walking and not taking things to the truck. I'm taking things away from the vehicle and putting them there. And you still see something suspicious about that. Yeah. Uh, retired firefighter. Thank you for your patience. Yes, sir. Greetings to everyone. Uh, I, Originally, was just going to uh, speak on the uh, the national incident where the uh, black male uh, truck deliverer—I mean, uh, deliverer—was uh, accosted by the two white males. Uh, but uh, with the report of the uh, the black male just before me, uh, it has some similarities also, and it's based on some things that I uh, have uh, experienced. Uh, while I was working on the fire department, uh, make sh- uh, to well, I mean, have your expectations. Uh, you know, the expectations would be that it is possible, and if you have the expectations, it 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 would calm you. It would it would render that you would be probably a little bit more calmer because it was in your expectation uh, list. Uh, that with the idea in mind that you don't get angry, uh, fear it, I, I can, I can see that's, that's being a possibility, but even, even with that, by the expectation, you, it would give you a best opportunity that, that your, the fear factor won't, uh, uh, get in the way of you doing the, making the right decisions. Uh, you would, you would, be able to, you know, make the right decisions, slow everything down in your head and, you know, so, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, make sure you do the right things. Uh, if, 
make a habit of not driving driving uh, uh, above the speed limit in the in the residential area because that that gets their attention. I've seen plenty of uh, drivers in the area where I, where I stay at. Uh, what's the brown trucks? Uh, they're speeding. Yes, you know, going. It, say it again. UPS. Yes, they're 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 going too fast. They're they're driving in a residential area and they're going. They're turning corners at around fifty miles an hour. That that right there is going to attract someone, you know, in itself. Uh, it's for various reasons. I understand that uh, that UPS put a lot of pressure on drivers to get things done at a particular point in time. Uh, also, have on your uniform, your complete uniform, at all times. Have on the complete uniform at all times. Uh, don't be driving around with your work pants on and shoes, but you got your shirt off. You got your shirt off, and you're just wearing a T-shirt. That would raise suspicions. Uh, uh, now, a racist is going to be a racist no matter what anyway, but I'm just saying from the standpoint of you having everything uh, lined up, when the worst scenario happens, your employer won't get on the side of the, of the people who stopped you because you had your full uniform on because what would take place was with the, the employer would question would question the people who who did who you know was investigating so to speak and if they say well he didn't have his full uniform on you know I mean with the IDs maybe maybe you may if, if the, your company gives you a uh, one of those neck one of those necklace uh, IDs have it on have it on. Uh, you know, uh, it, all of those things would bolster, bolster your, your, uh, uh, correctness, you know, in situations as such, as I mentioned, as I mentioned before, I, there's, there's been several times where I had all of those things, all of those things and still was accosted by law enforcement who's right on the same call that I was on. You know, it, it happens, it happens a lot. You know, uh, especially with black males, uh, because what takes place in in uh, in an environment, especially in, 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 in an intense environment, it it uh, I I would say it, it probably generates for a racist who is concealing his or her uh, issues that they're it's probably going to come out much more easier when they are tense in in, in an environment. And I've been in those, as a firefighter, I've been in those environments. And uh, they would say, what are you doing here? And I got on a full uniform. <laughs> I got on a full uniform. You know, but, it, but I'm amongst a whole lot of black people on that shooting call or that, 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 uh, that fire and I'm the driver. You know, the drivers don't go in the fire. You know, that sort of thing. But, uh, 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 and so they would, you know, they would be just like that guy who uh, accosted you, Gus, at the uh, mailbox. You know, <laughs> you know that sort of thing. And uh, so, you know, those are just some suggestions that, that I had in mind. Thank you. Um, Gus, if, if I could just add on, um, retired firefighter, I, I make it my business to stay within 15 to 25 miles per hour because I'm, I'm driving a big truck. 
And Great. there's also um, there's also trees, so I also know because uh, I was making the delivery one day, and there was an older white suspected race soldier that was looking at the trees, making sure that my big truck wasn't knocking down the trees. So I make it my business not to park on the curb where yeah, I'm, I'm hitting trees, and I'm driving anywhere between 15, 25, 25 miles per hour. So I did incorporate right. that in my clip. They're looking for any excuse. They're looking for those all because they, I mean some of those. That's what that's what some of them do. Just sit right outside their their uh, window, looking right out their window or something, you know, or, or, or you know, or sitting underneath their tree, you know, drinking something or smoking something, and and that's what they do. Especially if they see a black person behind the wheel. Context of white supremacy. Excellent suggestions from uh, retired firefighter. Uh, so there were two questions, if uh, unless my memory is bad. So one of them was uh, if folks uh, who work with a union are your union representatives, are they exploiting this situation to try to weaken employees' rights uh, what they could be getting resources benefits during this time period is that happening uh, taking advantage of the situation to exploit union workers that was one and then suggestions for ways that he can keep himself safe I guess it would apply for any delivery drivers any person doing deliveries because we got people that I know that are doing um, like DoorDash and Uber Eats and the rest of it so uh, if you have suggestions uh, other tips. We got some great ones, as I said, from uh, retired firefighter 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, speed limit, great one all eyes on you at all times definitely if you have a company car or anything like that that's a great one even if you you know are not on the clock as they say uh, to be going the speed limit um, wear your uniform uh, name badge if you have one and all that included I know some workplaces where they will uh, look for that sort of thing uh, to say oh that's why you're not going to get your raise because we noted on March the 22nd and then again on May the 7th, you didn't have your name tag on. And that's so important. We pride ourselves on professionalism, you know, that sort of thing. So, I mean, just really be a stickler, particularly if you're out driving. I mean, every possible piece of equipment. I got my badge on. I got my hat on with the company name my shirt on with the company logo like everything if they got company boxers I wear those too like I have the full uniform on if they got little pins with the company logo I'm gonna wear a pin too like I got the total uniform on there's no mistaking I am not some looter uh, that has stolen a vehicle I got the full uniform and I even say that I remember I don't know people maybe if you live in uh if you live in cities where they have a professional sports team, it can be a little different, I think, because sometimes they get all into that uh, 
Pollyanna and they're just going to cheer and root for the local team and everything. And they will not have uniforms like if people that work on a Sunday or sometimes they'll get so into it, it'll be, you know, the whole week leading up to the Sunday or whenever the sporting contest is going to be. They don't wear uniforms. And I've seen that get, in my view, like way out of hand where they had uh, United States postal workers. It was obviously not a Sunday because they don't do delivery, but it was like Friday, middle of the week or end of the week. And they were wearing Seattle Seahawks jerseys. And it was, I mean, like striking, like what is going on? Like I didn't go to a costume. Like, what are you doing? Did you steal a truck and all that? But I mean, it gave me pause like, huh? At minimum, that's a little unprofessional. Like Russell Wilson is great. Whoopee. But no, I do not think everybody needs to stop and wear their favorite football jersey uh, just because, you know, there's going to be a big sporting contest ball game coming up. Dr. Welsing uh, wear the full jersey. Another suggestion. Someone comes up to accost you for whatever. What are you doing here, boy? What are you doing here, gal? Where'd you get that car from? You going the speed limit? How'd you get the coat? Any of that? Like I said, I'm here for delivery, ma'am. I'm here for delivery, sir. Anything else? Like I said, I'm not doing any interrogation. My goal would be to get back to my cabin, record, assess if I need to call the police. I would point. Once it looks like they're going to continue and they're being hostile, I wouldn't even tell them, you know, I don't do interrogations and all that. I would just point at the number on the truck. I think most vehicles uh, this day and age, they have a number. A problem with my driving, they have a number, they have a website, sometimes all of the above. Boop. You have a problem. You need to make a report. I'm doing something unlawful. Certainly you can call the police and or boop. There you go. Make a call. Once I do that, I would already have talked with my employer to let them know this type of thing happens. I'm going to point at the number and tell them to make a call so that they already know. And then once I do that, I would go text and let them know, expect a call. This is where I was. This is what happened. I pointed and then I got back in my cab to get to safety and made an assessment about whether or not I needed to call the police. But I'm at least giving you a heads up that this did happen. But I would make that also because, yeah, I don't have anything to hide. And you can. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what I'm saying. There are things that you're supposed to do if you think something is wrong. Call the police. Oh, we got looting niggers in the neighborhood. Call the police. This looting nigger stole a truck. Call the company too. You can alert them. Is a company, or matter of fact, you can even do that. Let me hold my horses before I get all riled up accusing this nigger wrongly. Wrongfully, let me call the company. Is there a delivery in Walnut Creek today? Oh, there is. I thought a coon stole a truck. Woo! So embarrassed. Almost, almost lost it. Pete, put the rifle down. It's, it's all good. The coon works for them. They're hiring coons apparently. Very simple. That's why I've said it's no need for all that. It's no need for an exchange. I don't have to say anything to you. You know the procedure, fella, ma'am, especially if you live out here and you got this $8 million house. You know the procedure for the system of white supremacy. Call the police and or you see that number right there next to the bumper. Break out that cell phone. Number again is 605-313-5164. The code 564 nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate again this is program one of two for the day once we're done here we'll take a brief intermission wash our hands and then we'll come back and we'll have our black male in china he'll be back 
with us again. We'll see what's going down. Second wave post quarantine, uh, how the whole saga in the U.S. is uh, unfolding. Trump's accusations. We'll check in with him again. That'll be at uh, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. So about two hours and 20 minutes away. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in, uh, if you have commentary to share, uh, line should be open. Let's see. Thought I saw him and I got confused. Uh, if other folks that are with us, no spectating, 605 313 5164, the code 564943 pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, make sure we get responses, particularly if we have any other folks who do uh, driving. That would be phenomenal. Uh, to you know, see if other folks have codification around that because I know we do have other folks who uh, do some of that work uh, so other folks who do any driving work uh, if you have any suggestions uh, for keeping yourself safe and or the union any folks who end up, I think we have some other union employees as well if you uh, have any responses to those questions feel free to share uh, let's see non Clemson grad with us in the for the VA retreat uh, non Clemson grad uh, should be with us Hello, can I be heard? Greetings, good can sir. Can I be heard? Greetings, good sir. All right. Greetings. Um, unfortunately, I have zero experience with the union other than what my mother tells me working for a union where she works and how basically when she has problems, she does not go to her union and they are utterly useless. If you have a different experience than my mother, then I'm happy for you, but my mother just doesn't have a good experience. She works for the uh, city of New York, and she just doesn't trust them, and she doesn't um, rely on them to resolve any of her problems. As a matter of fact, my mother um, is able to go out of her way to resolve any of the problems that she has um, without the union because she finds them to be a hindrance more than anything. So I have a couple of things to report. Uh, where I live here in South Carolina, um, people are working from home, but it, uh, but, but it seems like people are still driving around a lot when... Um, but when we, me and my wife, we go outside, we have to run any kind of errand, we uh, wear a mask. You know, we're not trying to get in trouble or stop for any reason. Um, I did hear a report about the black man being trapped inside the gated community. As far as I can tell, first and foremost, that was a false arrest, which I believe is also kidnapping. Um, so he technically can sue for that, as far as I can tell. But also, did I hear it correctly that um, the black man's um, employer told him to prepare Remove the Facebook live video from um, from the internet. Um, I'm not sure if I heard that correctly. Um, I think, unless I am incorrect, I think what they said was that the white man who accosted the black male driver, he called the black male's uh, employer and requested that they get him to remove the video. That was what happened they didn't say if the employer made a take or I guess they haven't at least yet because it's still up people viewed it so but I think that was what happened the white guy called his boss to see if they could get him to take the video down gotcha because I did see the video um, as well too um, next I heard you comment on Elon Musk um, you know maybe people believe Elon Musk is a very um, intelligent man maybe he is um, personally um, he has demonstrated a very bad understanding of physics and basic engineering. 
Um, if people are unaware, he, he's the one that came up with the idea of the Hyperloop as a potential solution to traffic congestion. Um, but Hyperloops, um, there was a very interesting video on YouTube um, by a YouTuber. And because um, uh, I like that kind of stuff, engineering concepts and stuff like that, because that's what I do uh, for a living. And I find it interesting. But he basically dismissed this idea basically of, of well, basically he, he introduced um, an engineering concept called AM-FM. Not like the radio, but like when it comes to engineering, AM is actual machines, how things actually really work in the real world. And then there's FM, which is effing machines, things that are basically made up of basically magic. And uh, basically equated the hyperloop to one of those ideas that if they were to be built, besides being very expensive, they'd be, they wouldn't work very well, and they couldn't be built in the places where you would need to build them. For example, building a hyperloop underground, um, you couldn't do that because you would need large curve radii for the speed. And um, in congested areas, when you have um, skyscrapers, skyscrapers have really deep um, foundations that go really deep into the ground. And uh, you, would have to deep, you would have to dig very, very, very deep into the ground just not to get the foundation of a building if you wanted to be able to turn at high speeds with um, large curve radii. And uh, considering, I think, Gus, you reported the idea that because less people are driving, there's more people speeding and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever heard this before, but when it comes to speeding, um, where is it? Come on, Internet. There it is. All right, so for example, depending on the speed as a pedestrian, if you get hit by a car going 20 miles per hour, you have a 5% chance of dying. But as those speeds go up, you have an exponentially harder, um, higher chance of dying. So when you get to 30 miles per hour, you have a 45% chance of dying. When you get to 40 miles per hour, you have an 85% chance of dying. But this is only for sedans. This doesn't include things like SUVs, pickup trucks, trucks, buses, etc. This is only for sedans. So the higher the speed, um, the more exponential chance you have of dying. Um, and going back to Elon Musk, I think I've said this before, competence is not a prerequisite for hiring, promotion, or being a billionaire. Um, did anyone hear about what happened in um, Ohio? The, um, the police union in Ohio requested of the Ohio governor that the governor, um, let's see, suspend the Second Amendment because there were black people who were protesting and they were open carrying their guns. Um, up until that point, white people were clearly, well, all over the country, have been demonstrating and protesting with their guns. But the moment black people came and had their guns out, the police union were like, uh, we need to um, the governor to spend the Second Amendment. But the governor responded he doesn't have the legal authority to do so. Um, on the Internet... Two white female nurses have now reported that black people are being killed in hospitals. I had a conversation with a friend about this, and he basically talked it up to inexperienced nurses and doctors being on the front line. Now, potentially, you know, people who might have gotten out of nursing school or um, medical school within the last year or two might not be really experienced, so coming across a pandemic might be a little scary, and unfortunately they may, might, may, might make incorrect decisions, might, which might lead to people dying. Me, personally, I'm going to take these white females at their word that these doctors are making intentional decisions, not incompetent decisions, but intentional decisions that are leading black people to die, particularly in the area of um, New York. Um, let's see. Me and my wife are about to start teaching dance. Um, usually we teach it out of our house, but um, we're going to, as we go back into our business, we are going to teach at a dance studio because we have a partnership with another dance studio. So, um uh, 
when we teach, we will be making sure that we'll be no physical contact, maintaining that six foot distance. Um, so make sure everything is as safe as possible as we transition back to our business. And also we only have about two, one or two people at a time. So it's not that many people getting together and we easily maintain that uh, safety with social distancing, especially we need to as we transition back to our business. Um, over the last little less than two months now, I've been working from home. Me personally, I have felt less stressed working from home because basically there isn't someone overseeing me over, you know, I don't have an overseer over me. Um, I wake up every morning, I log into my computer. I, um, I have a remote desktop. I'm lucky enough not to be one of those people where my employer has requested to put a high software in my computer. At that point, personally, I simply just would have went back into work and chanced it that way. Um, to each their own, I suppose. Um, but me personally, I've been less stressed and I've been getting all my work done just like if I were in the office. Um, but as I've been home, I've been able to work on other stuff on my computer as well, too. For example, I learned a, bit, um, a brand new computer software. It's the same kind of software I use at work, but it, um, it does the same thing as the software that I use at work, but it's a free software. So one day when I'm finally ready to retire from my current position, I have a software that I don't need to pay for, that I know how to use, that I can use to work on working on my own personal business, but I'm ready to do that. So trying to use my time at home as productively as possible. Um, about a week ago now, me, my wife, and a couple of other black friends went and did a concealed weapons permit course. And um, we all passed. There were seven of us, and we were lucky enough to have a black instructor. One of my friends who came with us, he knew the instructor personally. And he just called us up one day because me and my friends have been talking about this for more than a year now. And then uh, he just randomly called me up and was like, hey, you want to go do this? And we were like, oh, yeah, let's make this happen. Um, me and my wife will be applying for the full permit this coming Wednesday. Personally, um, like Ahmaud Aubrey, I am a runner. Uh, when I go running, I run around my own neighborhood and I run around the surrounding neighborhood. And as you can imagine, here in the South, some of those neighborhoods are white. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I personally have been avoiding the white neighborhoods. Um, if you're a black, oh, imagine, imagine, if you're a white, a white person, is probably looking at another white person running. But um, when you're a black person running, white people are watching you as, as if you're going to do something. So um, basically, for me, um, stick to main roads as I go for my runs. Um, let's see. Also, I would like to recommend the person who um, taught us our concealed weapon permits course. This man was absolutely amazing. Um, he was, along with the fact that he's really good at his job, he was just happy to be in a room full of all black people who were serious about guns and also had a lot of questions. Like me, for example, um, I asked about, like, you know, what do you do when you get pulled over and you have a, um, a gun in your car? You know, what can the police do? What should you not do? And he had an answer for everything. You know, of course, remain silent, for example. If you get pulled over by a police officer, he said, um, the response you should use is, I am legally armed. You shouldn't just say you are armed. Legally is a qualifier word there. This is not to say that the, you know, um, the law enforcement official will react correctly, but uh, hopefully you have a better chance of coming out that situation, you know, unharmed and not arrested. Um, what I should be doing, for example, if, you know, as a runner, if I decide to, you know, carry my weapon with me when I go running, how I need to, um, you know, carry my weapon and, um, you know, having my, uh, my permit with me um, on my person, not just having it, but having it on my person. If I get stopped for any reason, 
Um, let's see, there was a case that happened back in 2016 about a black man who was physically defending his wife and his kids against um, some assailants. And during the court case, he um, said that his gun accidentally discharged. And I asked my um, the person who took the weapons course what went wrong that this black man got um, couldn't use his self-defense course or defense of another person. And he said the word that got him in trouble was the fact that he said his gun went off accidentally. So one of the things in the course is that, you know, how to use words correctly whenever something happens where you need to either be quiet or know what words not to say and what words to say. If you ever come across a situation where you have to use your gun or you come across any kind of situation, it was very, very informative course. Um, let's see, almost done. Um, through these last couple of weeks, um, I've been going through a couple of documentaries and audiobooks. So recently, I, uh, me and my wife finished watching um, The Third Rise, The Rise and Fall, and then it was so captivating to me. I decided to come across um, read some audiobooks. Um, I got through two and a half of the audiobooks. The first one was Hitler's American Model, the United States and the Making of Nazi Race War. The second book was Hitler's American Friends the third right supporters in the United States. And the third book, which I'm uh, maybe about halfway through, Anatomy of Malice, the Enigma of Nazi, of the Nazi War Criminals. Um, personally, I decided to start reading these books in mass because I feel like there's some um, more than enough uh, resemblances of what's happening right now with all the black people who are constantly being accosted, assaulted, and maybe even murdered by the police right now for, what, for whatever reason, whether, you know, they don't got a mask. Like, I think someplace in, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Minnesota, a man went on a bus and didn't have a mask, but it turns out, well, no, it might be Baltimore, too, I forget which city, but um, there was two recommendations on the on the transportation website for and with um, for masks and without a mask. Basically, they gave both recommendations and basically, when the police officer saw a black man without a mask, they, you know, assaulted him and stole him off the bus. And, you know, the transit agency not being clear in his regulations about whether or not how people should be wearing masks when they get onto um, a transit vehicle and things like that. And then also, um, I've been, since I'm home more, I'm also doing a whole lot more baking. Actually, dinner tonight, I decided to make some dinner rolls. Um, the, um, the process of the dinner rolls went just fine. But unfortunately, my food processor, the um, glass, um, started to melt. And I, it was probably best for me to throw away the bread dough because there's no telling how many shards of glass or plastic could have ended up in the bread dough. With that, I will be fine. Hmm. Melting food processor. Okay. Uh, dangerous cooking with non-Clemson grad stay safe uh in the kitchen that is stay safe in the workplace safe in the kitchen i don't know how we ended up with a melting food processor but we are staying on workplace racism well the the tool that's in the food processor for kneading the bread there was so much friction between the tool and the glass of the food processor that it caused some of the glass to melt and um you know turn into shards when it cooled down hmm fascinating wow stay safe in the kitchen man uh i was a little surprised about the melting food processor i was not surprised to hear that a black person is less stressed working from home imagine that not having to go to the workplace and 
be insulted and branded as the office contagion and all the rest of it like wow I am just feeling great like I'm getting everything done and super productive I don't have uh, Zoom people I'm sorry Oh, sorry to interrupt this one was pretty amazing as well too one of the things that my employer does is that when someone passes away whether it be an employee or their relative the HR department sends an email letting you know that this person so and so has passed away about a week ago, I got one of these emails, and for the first time in the five half in five and a half years I've been working there, the email included a picture of the person who passed away. It was a black male. I found that very, very interesting because along with the fact that it was the first time they sent a picture with a um with the email about someone who passed away, they did it during the coronavirus, which I don't know about you, but me that gives me the impression that the man passed away coronavirus. Hmm. They didn't include why he passed away. They just said, oh, we're sorry, such and such passed away, and that's it? The email only said that he was a really nice worker. People enjoyed working with him. He was um, really good working with the public and stuff like that. They had nothing but glowing accolades to say about them. Hmm. And not to take away from the accolades, I just find it odd that they included this picture. You know, over a 1,000 people work um, are employed where I work. And it's very possible to hear someone's name and not know who it is because there's so many people. But they added a picture to a name, which is the first time I've ever seen that. Mm. I I certainly, I definitely encourage uh, people paying attention when there are. Dr. Welsing encouraged us to pay attention to patterns, pattern recognition, she called it. And then you can observe when there is a breach uh, from that uh, pattern, uh, typical protocol. So, You've been watching this for however long you've been there, years, and you know they just send out the emails. This person died. Blah, blah, this person died. Blah, blah. And then, uh oh, now we got to put a picture up uh, for this person. That is something to be mindful of. I have heard some folks say, "Hey, uh, under, under this climate, uh, regardless of what you die from, they're going to say it was COVID nineteen. Doesn't matter." A lot of folks have said that, uh, and I could easily see that being the case for black people to even have you leave that suspicion or doubt, like, "Oh man, what's happened?" Um, the, as I said, working from home, being able to be less stressed, no surprise at all. That's why I'm also no surprise that seems like most black people are not getting that option, uh, to be able to work from home and enjoy how productive and great, uh, their work life work day can be not being accosted and harassed, uh, by race soldiers all day long and got to deal with their snide remarks and all the rest of it. Like, woo. But yeah, most of us are not getting that experience. Uh, competence is certainly not a prerequisite uh, for racist man, racist woman. I've heard some folks say it applies to victims as well, but not as frequently. Uh, I think it's generally racist man, racist woman, racist child. They got the whole cheating scandal with the colleges and all that. Like long tradition, you do not have to be confident if you are classified as white. Uh, let's see. Uh, I guess for, and I've been saying uh, for entrepreneurs, uh, once you all get back in business and up and rolling, you all can update, let us know how that's going adjustments. Uh, I can see that being something where they're probably going to have new regulations as all this continues. But uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to hear from folks who operate their own businesses, uh, how, you know, the summer unfolds Uh, much obliged non Clemson grad stay safe in South Carolina. 
number again, uh, 605-605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61. Number again, 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Let's see if my memory was correct. I might be getting old, super retarded. Uh, B in Toronto, did you ever give any report about being uh, subjected to violence uh, in your work with the uh, younger people at the institution? Hi, Gus. Uh, greetings and greetings to callers, listeners. Um, I believe I had submitted a verbal report in an earlier program. Um, I don't believe uh, there's been so many things that have been going on that I I really can't remember. But um, I, I think it was a verbal report in an earlier program. I don't think I've submitted one recently. I know that I submitted an article uh, oh. via the email. Okay. I, we just we had a different person dialed in earlier today and they were talking about working uh, with a client it was uh, a younger person and he was being violent and she said that she remembered someone had called in previously talking about working with clients and then being violent and I said it might have been B I'm not sure uh, but yeah if you think maybe you talked about it oh verbally. yes um, oh yes definitely um, uh, when I got that oak chair thrown at me and had that big bruise in my forearm as a result um, I'm so sorry. I, I just got in midway on the program since I, I literally just finished, uh, on the plantation. Um, if I could just have a, a little bit more information in particular with uh, the caller, uh, with the violent client, please. Let's see. Uh, I could do it. She, I think, yeah, Bay Area mom is still here. She was, she was hired to work with a, a white girl uh and she got mm-hmm. there and this girl's brother was there and he was not the client but he was intrusive mm-hmm. uh aggressive violent he struck her repeatedly the mom was probably practicing racism and not intervening to uh supervise him and uh, she's not even supposed to be working with him to kind of pull him out of the area so she could just focus on the one her daughter uh, and this is happening repeatedly mm-hmm. where he's being violent repeatedly. He's punched her in the stomach and the mom has been unable or unwilling to, you know, do anything about this. Um, she said she's going to submit her two weeks notice because, you know, this is just totally unacceptable uh, in terms of a work situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. kind of a rough summary. She's here, I think, so she can hop in if I, my memory is bad. But I think that's kind of a rough summary of her situation she shared earlier. Oh, great. Um, thank you so much for, for the added details. Um, what I would recommend, I mean, definitely it's unsafe, and, and I completely understand um, if the caller decides to submit the two-week notice and leave, um, but also to cover herself is um, to first find out has she spoken to her supervisor or uh, coordinator um, 
in respect to the abuse policy, because there's usually an abuse policy that's in place. Uh, I know in, in Ontario it has to be in place, um, where if you're uh, going in to uh, do, say, one-to-one support with a client uh, and the family's abusive, um, then they must adhere to... Um, they must adhere to making sure that uh, it is a safe environment uh, for that worker to support the client um, and to make sure that uh, the incident reports are being done to include what is happening um, and make the argument that this is a liability issue as this is not, the, the sibling is not the client and... Um, Therefore, the sibling not being a client, they need to either remove the sibling out of the way when while she is working with the client, or they will have to go to another venue to work with the client. Uh, because if um, if the sibling is being violent towards her, um, I mean, basically she can press charges. Um, it's not her client. She can press charges against them. Uh, if, if it is her client, unfortunately, it means uh, implementing um, behavior management strategies. And it's, uh, I know in Ontario um, that it's a very low chance that anything will happen, um, especially if they meet the requirements of being um, uh, under the umbrella of disability and not having the... Um, the wherewithal to be able to provide consent or have the cognitive uh, capabilities to understand, they would be known as NCR or um, not criminally responsible in that case. Um, So the first thing I would ask is, has she gone to her supervisor or coordinator? Has she included in the incident report? And what is that supervisor or coordinator doing to advocate for her safety? If they're not doing anything to advocate for her safety, then she can actually put in a workplace harassment uh, claim uh, in that uh, the environment is toxic for her to continue work within that environment. And she can also successfully argue a transfer out of that location. I hope that helps. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Perfect. And and also another thing to do is because the um, sibling is not your client. How old is the sibling? If you don't mind me asking. He's four. He's four. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what what tends to happen, and I don't know if you're experiencing this as well, but when you go into um, a family home. Um, especially if the parent tends to be negligent and they seem to think that your role is more of a babysitter than as a support for that one individual child that is funded for that support. Uh, because I've, I've had many parents who've tried to up, offload on me their other children when I'm only there for one child. <clears throat> so... In this case, this is where I would highly recommend, if you haven't done so already, is contact the supervisor or coordinator, let them know what's happening, and they will have to 
uh, advocate on your behalf, stating that according to the contracts, you are only to deal with that one person that you're assigned to, um, that it's a liability issue. Um, if you're having to deal with this four-year-old that the mother cannot control and that you request to be moved to another venue uh, with the client, if, if you're okay working with the client, or to move you out of that um, location altogether into one that is, is more safe. Thank you. You're welcome. But make sure that you put into your incident report exactly what's happening what the four-year-old is doing, what the parent is doing, um, and also um, to look into your policies and procedures. Uh, in particular, the abuse policy should be there. And cite the abuse policy because that is now a toxic work environment that is putting you in harm's way and has put you in harm's way. Thank you. Also, lastly, the last thing that I would want to find out, is there, um, say, I, in Ontario, it's called a community legal clinic where you can get um, free access to a loyal lawyer um, uh, for consultation. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer because they have um, hours that may not always fit the uh, schedule. Um, but then we also have what's known as a dial-a-lawyer. That's the 1-800 number. I believe it's 5 or $6 where you can get up to 30 minutes free consultation. If you have something similar um, in your state, I would also highly recommend you utilizing those services and requesting for an employment lawyer uh, to also find out through free consultation as to what your right can be so that you can then craft your argument accordingly to make it under workplace harassment and possibly even constructive dismissal if there's any further issues coming from it. I'm just trying to look at ways of how you can get compensation out of this situation. Um, the far the lawyers, um, I'll save all the 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 bells and whistles for like something you know more major because it's just four, so I could just you know shake them. I could just go you know do get another client or something you know, but I'm taking all that the rest of what you said in, so I could just shake them. It's not, or I could just leave and get another because I'm just babysitting. I mean I'm just kicking in because of the virus and the shifts and all that. So they're just trying to as an employer fill in the gap. So as far as with the policy and stuff. I will do that, especially just moving forward. And um, thank you, and I'll um, mute my line so we can uh, next it. Oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, best wishes, and um, hope that uh, it uh, goes well in your favor, because I know that it can be pretty tough as an essential worker. Absolutely, absolutely. Policy and procedure gets recommended frequently check that policy and procedure and you know make sure and see what they have to say about whatever the situation that you're dealing with and that also as uh, B said you can use the exact language because most of them they'll have something about sexual abuse or violence harassment that type of thing you can use the exact language and even quote the policy verbatim even include the page number about you know you are supposed to have a safe working environment and what they're supposed to do what's supposed to happen 
check that policy and proceed, which is probably being updated. Uh, I know for many, many places, huge updates uh, to policy and procedure. So that alone is reason to kind of check, make sure, see if there have been any adjustments, if anything's changed, compensation, vacation time, sick days, lots of things. Uh, let's see. Number 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, again, if we have folks who have uh, suggestions, is uh, the union in your area? Uh, is it being exploited? Are they taking advantage and trying to weaken benefits, resources, power uh, that union workers have? That was one. And then any suggestions for folks who are doing delivery work, uh, any folks who are out doing driving. Uh, anything recommendations uh, ways that they can keep themselves safe uh, should they be accosted questioned in a hostile manner uh, by racists uh, when they're out and about in their vehicles uh, any suggestions that would be grand uh, let's see other folks uh, if we missed you totally have uh, your own suggestions or if you have suggestions your own situation to share proceed Oh, let's see a uh, person that wrote in share one while folks are waiting uh, she writes in I'm not able to call in but I was listening to the caller from New York and he mentioned the hospitals are harming black patients I think that was non-Clemson grad in South Carolina but right uh, I too am in New York and just to support it I am not a nurse but had to spend a considerable amount of time in the hospital last year initially when my health issues started I followed my insurance company's instructions in trying to schedule specialists within the network I called about nine offices all had white secretaries and the vast majority hung up on me although I had what's considered good insurance and the others pretty much lied to me and never scheduled me. All this forced me to go to the emergency room. Thankfully, I had quite a few black nurses to help me. Many of them were also less confused about the racism in the hospital and even told me to stay away from it. I even had a black male nurse tell me the other white nurses and specialists were calling him dumb and incompetent when he first started, but now are always trying to request him when one of their sick family members need help. He told me he doesn't help them. I love it. I love it. It's sad to have to to end up being that way, but I mean, what can you say? Like I'm 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 treated and called some incompetent nigger who shouldn't be here. I'm an affirmative action hire, I guess. And then after they've accosted and terrorized me, impugned my credentials and professional reputation, then they come back with no apology. My bad, Coon. You know, we shouldn't have said all that. You're pretty qualified. You know, we just assume affirmative action and, you know, all the rest. But look here. My uh, my brother has got a case of the gout, and we want you to come in here. And we're like, what? <laughs> what? I'm good. I'm, I'm incompetent, remember? You don't want a Coon to come in and spread his incompetence on your brother, so... You got it. 
but yeah, I'm I'm not surprised at all. Any uh, any aspect of the report, uh, the medical apartheid being practiced against uh, black people in all of this, leading to an increase in deaths and how all of this is uh, playing out and impacting black people, uh, black medical staff being mistreated, racism, white supremacy being practiced against them. All of that absolutely seems very, very logical to be expected given this system. Much obliged uh, for the person who wrote in until justice at gmail.com. So again, we will be back in a very short amount of time, like uh, a little less than an hour, 45 minutes. So we are certainly not going to hang out, spectate if folks, you know, don't have thoughts to share. Uh, if we've not heard from you, feel free. If you have additional commentary, proceed. There are two questions uh, out for folks looking for suggestions. Uh, if looks like folks are satisfied, we'll uh, wrap up and get ready for program number two, our black male in China joining us once again to discuss the COVID-19 situation on the other side of the world and his views. Uh, other folks, comments, observations? Hi, Gun. Be in Toronto. Yes, you mentioned that there was a caller or writer that had questioned about um, a union mm-hmm. and, how, and how it's operating in terms of if they're taking away uh, certain rights or revising certain things to reduce um, protection of workers. Do I have that correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, because I, I used to work um, in a u- unionized environment where, quite frankly, the union was quite crappy, and um, and they weren't really doing the most for the workers in terms of protection. It's more of um, what we term here a sweetheart deal, um, where there is a relationship between the union and the upper management of the company, which is just straight out conflict of interest. So um, in situations like this, this is where numbers, um, the the numbers uh, will strengthen the claim to push the union out through votes, Um, and uh, if there's enough people within the union that are not satisfied with the services, um, they could even, or even if you're, um, for the the writer or caller who's going through this, even if they themselves are not satisfied with the services, they can submit a grievance against the union, Um, and then um, if they're further not satisfied then as the contract comes up, because the unions will have to go by contract, if they're not satisfied with the service, they can um, uh, have another vote to have another union um, tender their services. So uh, those would be the suggestions uh, that I would have. So first with submitting grievance against the union, and then as the the contract is coming to an end, uh, because they would need to have a majority vote in order for the contract to continue. They can vote that union out, provided that they have another union that can replace them. So I hope that helps. Hmm. Much obliged to be in Toronto. Uh, I think that was our uh, caller in New Jersey uh, who was asking about the unions. So we'll have to see. Hopefully that'll 
be of some value on uh, his workplace situation for how he can deal with that and or if other people are seeing the same same pattern uh, happen if they work at unionized jobs hmm. much obliged uh, be in Toronto uh, other folks uh, who are with us if you have comments observations suggestions uh, to offer line should be open don't wait till the last minute proceed uh Yes, I just wanted to give a, uh, since I thought about it, an update on the uh, Broward Sheriff Office uh, shenanigans that's been going on in the city of Fort Lauderdale, which is just north of uh, Miami-Dade County. Uh, the Speaking of the union, the union, the police union, uh, did not endorse the present Broward Sheriff, uh, Mr. Uh, Gregory Tony, uh, and uh, also uh, they have promoted another candidate to come up for the uh, election that would be this summer. And uh, I can't think of his name, but it's another black male. It's another black male. So it's now the top three candidates is uh, Gregory Tony, the uh, appointed uh, sheriff, uh, the past sheriff, uh, Scott Israel, uh, is a major candidate, uh, and uh, this non-white black male is the third uh, one uh, that is, I'm assuming it's getting most of the approval from the employees. This third black male. Uh, if uh, others have not heard, uh, that's the appointee that was placed in in place of the white male uh, that uh, apparently had unsatisfactory uh, uh, means in the. Uh, school shooting where, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the students were killed in a shootout, in a shooting. Uh, it's been now about a year and a half, two years now. Uh, they, they placed a black male in its place. Uh, the black male is married to a white female. He's been in that capacity for a while. Uh, they, uh, had their own company together and, uh, Prior to that, he also uh, was with the police department, and uh, with the present shenanigans going on, they found out that he killed someone, another non-white person, back when he was 14 years old. He didn't put any of that information on his job application when he applied for that particular law enforcement job. And I suspect that the person that turned all of this information over to the prospective authorities uh, in the press was the white male Scott Israel uh, that he would be uh, uh, in competition with in getting this particular position. It's an, it's an, elected, it's an elected position but if that person fails for whatever reason the governor could governor of the state could step in and appoint someone 
uh, but the election is coming up again this summer. Yeah. Much obliged, retired firefighter. They'll have uh, lots to talk about in Florida. Uh, it's an election year, so uh, all of the political races will be a little bit more dramatized because of that. That Well, I don't know with the virus. and We'll have to see. But I still suspect because of the presidential election, that'll kind of dramatize all the other uh, races. But it uh, seems like they have some other victims uh, that they might want to have this position. Uh, that That was kind of a seemed like an in vogue choice in the system of racism uh, while they were having a lot of complaints about uh, police terrorism they would put a black person make it look like a black person is in charge of the police department or put them in a prominent position so might happen might not have to see but I'm sure they'll, that, that race will get a lot of attention at least in the uh, sunshine state uh, much obliged retired firefighter uh, and again uh, in any work capacity, generally white people do pretty good background checks. Like I brought that up on workplace racism before. They may have a white person uh, who gets a job uh, with uh, non-Clemson grad uh, where he said competence is not a prerequisite. Background checks are not either sometimes uh, for individuals classified as white where they can just get by. Hey, we're not going to run, do this, you know, background, you know, if you had some time, whatever. <laughs> No problem. You got the job, Jeffrey Dahmer. Glad to have you on the team. That sort of thing. I think they even had a report about Timothy McVeigh when he went to buy some of those explosives uh, before he blew up uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, I think that's where the, the truck driver was accosted. It was in Oklahoma City. I have to double check to make sure I'm giving out accurate information there, but I think that was in Oklahoma City. Uh, but Timothy McVeigh, when he went and blew up that building, they didn't even do the background check to make sure, like, is this some nut? Should this guy, you know, even have this? And you contrast that you have a black person, any black person, have them go to the bank and try and cash a $50 check. We got to, you know, we got to do a whole background check, much less you try to get a job like we got to do a background check on you, your grandparents, your mother, your children, your uncles. Like, come on, come on, come on. Like, uh, I just I do not believe that uh, this victim we just found out that's why you know retired firefighter he brought it up and, and had some speculation there about racist shenanigans uh i would as well any of those circumstances beyond this any time where they come forward and oh man we just found out it looks like this here black person has been full yeah 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 uh let's see other folks who dialed in who uh we have missed totally if you have a comment to share proceed or other folks if you have additional comment suggestions May I yeah, be heard? Oh. I'll, I'll wait. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, I have a few incidents I'd like to report. Uh, the first one is the the mask once again. Um, I was wearing a mask when I was uh, doing a courier route upstairs and I was asked a question, you know, cause I, I, I have to drop off the documents to go to the different offices and chambers. So the, uh, the lady, one of the top white women in the administration area, she says, she asked a question. 
says, are you a bandit or something? All right? So I say, I'm just here to drop all this paperwork. And uh, so she just, she was talking to somebody else. And she showed off, you know, a college football team match that she had. So uh, they were all talking to each other. So I didn't even respond to the question. I just said, hey, I'm just here to drop it off. I'm just here to drop off paperwork. But I, I thought about that, like, bandit, uh, you know, like from the old Westerns. And the, ten, the characters tend to have, um, like, dark clothing or black clothing or a black mask. So that's, first it was Ninja, right? Now it's Bandit. Okay. So the lady, as she was talking to uh, another white woman, something was said. I couldn't necessarily, you know, make it out. It was inaudible or whatever. And she was like, Oh, well, did I offend you because I don't care who I offend? She said that to another white woman. So I just got the paperwork and I left. All right. And once again, the, um, it's, it's uh, some vulgar language coming up on these uh, because the clique has uh, formed a reunion. And I guess it has something to do with the scheduling. But one of them came back the beginning of the uh, week, okay, and I knew I knew something uh, non-constructive was going to be uh, occurring because the supervisor is in there is just the assistant supervisor, and she doesn't tend to address anything. So uh, the first or the second one starts with. Um, she was talking about, she used the word strip, right? Stripping. And I guess it has something to do with mechanics. Okay. And something said, so I'm not stripping anything. And the, this, another click member, I over here say, Oh, tell them you don't strip for anybody. And then the, uh, the, the other click member says, yeah, you know, if you give me some ones and some fives, then, then you know, then we'll talk. See, now they're using another uh, way of using the term strip, stripping, okay? All right, so the next one is, you know, another conversation where another click member says, oh, has anybody talk to Blink, you know, uh, I guess because she had to be quarantined or whatever. So, has y'all seen her on, on the remote that she's been working from home? You know, uh, it's talking about later while she ain't around a white woman. And it was like, no, I hadn't really heard anything. And she says, well, I hope she doesn't come back with that Rona, with the Rona, okay? She, she uh, just used it just like that. And it almost sounded like she tried to sing it like it was a part of a song or something. All right? Okay, so they... Now, this one, the head person in charge is walking through the area. Uh, and that same person that just said what I previously stated 
was talking about some encounter that her and another female coworker had walking in the plaza, somebody asking for a cigarette. Uh, and as the boss is walking near to where they were on the other side, I could see like his reaction, like his arms went up, like, Oh my God, did she just say that? So she says, yeah, you know, he was asking us for cigarettes. And if you wouldn't have said F you, you know, <laughs> and he, his reaction, he was, he, he tensed up, but he didn't say nothing. He walked through where they were at, but I don't know if he said something later on to them, but they tried to play it off. Like, uh, like they didn't just say what they were saying, vulgar language or whatever. Um, and I have two more of uh, these posts. If I could just read them really quick, and now and I'll be done. Um, one post was a click member that came back that usually isn't in our schedule. She's in the other schedule, so they've linked up three of them. So these two posts are from two different ones. Okay, this one says, "I do not like the term cracker." I think I'm more of a crouton. I mean, yeah, I'm white, but I got some flavor. So that was a uh, some kind of a meme image that was, I guess, shared from somebody else, apparently who's a white person. So whatever that meant. Um, and this last one is about wearing masks and being asked to wear a mask. So she states, want to wear a mask? Then wear your damn mask. I don't think we should be made to wear them. Personally, I like, hold on, I feel like me wearing a mask and blank, which is a child, not wearing one is pretty shitty. He's 15 months and is not going to wear it. It's just not going to happen. I feel like those shit-ass parents who have a jacket on when it's cold but dress their kids with no shoes and no jacket, there I said an exclamation point. So, this person once again posted that in a public Facebook post. So you could just go to the page and it's there and screenshot boom. So there you have it. Um, so these people have reunited with each other and, you know, they're still over in that area where, um, I don't know if they've done any cleaning or whatnot, but only time will tell. And that's all I have for now. Thanks for allowing me to share. Reunited. It feels so good. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, the cleaning. I forgot they did have somebody that went out. We think on quarantine. Did they update the cleaning? Did did they uh does anything look like they did a thorough sanitizing of the area? Oh, I was that was a question I was maybe you can share before we go off, but I, I thought he had shared before about a person possibly being out on quarantine and uh yeah did we have a thorough like buffing cleaning down of uh the courthouse area but anywho oh yes sir yes sir yes sir i did see them uh sanitize the area and everything like that but i'm still physically uh away from them so <laughs> they don't <laughs> i don't even have to go over there and talk to them to do my job so i get the i got my routes to avoid even speaking to them. So I just been just using the intelligence and common sense to avoid them. Love it. 
love it. I would still be feeling better if they cleaned the area, did, you know, a thorough job in uh, protecting our safety. But curmudgeon, misanthrope, I will be over here in the corner by myself forever. Like if they get a vaccine and squash this, I still be hanging out over here by myself like I am good. Um, Let's see the mask. Uh, and and now you're a bandit. Uh, I guess you were wearing too much black. Because, uh, see, she said she she didn't wear too much black. She tries not to so that people don't think she's a ninja. See, too much black, they'll think you're a bandit, a ninja, hoodlum, gangster, maybe just a nigra. But if you're going to wear a black mask and be black, you're asking for trouble. Uh, let's see. That might even be interesting. Like you could do a counter racist experiment. Like, am I treated any differently if I have a black mask on as a black person, victim of racism, or if I have a white mask on black person, victim of racism, like might be a double whammy to have the black mask on a black person. Like, Oh my goodness. He's not even wearing the normal white mask. Like, uh, yeah, I don't counter racist experiment. People, if they, you know, got a little free time and you got extra mask, if you got a black one and a white one, let us know. Uh, a white person, really anybody, but especially someone classified as white in a work capacity saying, I don't care who I offend. I would write that down immediately in the workplace journal. Like, wow. Oh yeah. I mean, that would not be acceptable. Like I would dare somebody to say that in front of the CEO of a company, say that on a job interview that, you know, tell us some of the qualities about yourself. Oh yeah. I don't care who I offend and see if you get the job. <laughs> like what? Like, uh, really? Okay. But I would write that down. Like, okay, this, this person is basically letting me know that they like to say all kinds of vulgar, incorrect, crude things in the workplace things that you know are going to be unprofessional all of that probably racist Uh, okay let thank you i will be real alert when i'm around you it will never be joke time it will always be serious like i'm going to be looking for you to do something incorrect that's what you're telling me i don't care who i offend Hmm. okay take you at your word thank you and that's what they say when they say uh, listen to people believe them when they tell you who you are yes ma'am I'm going to write that down that might even be one can you autograph put that John Hancock or your Jane Hancock on this one because wow I don't know too many people who can say that at a workplace environment and just let me poke my chest out proud any of you all upset about what I got to say that's tough tough titty Hmm. let's see the strip club like wow I would sprint anytime you're in a work environment and that's the sort of conversation that's going on like oh yeah you know I had a few singles and slip them down here and get my G sprint if it's white people especially sprint away from that conversation like it is so easy to get caught up into that and then they get serious and accuse you of something or what that's not even acceptable dialogue for the workplace in fact if in any way I wouldn't say anything as I said my code would be to exit immediately if I was questioned forced to talk asked in any way about any of this to participate have you been to the strip club da, 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 and they courted me where I couldn't leave is this appropriate for the workplace in fact for that is this appropriate for the courthouse 
That way I can get back in the question lane and hopefully, you know, that'll get us back to, don't we do juvenile services here? Like what? <laughs> Have some cooth, my goodness. I know we got Elvis and getting married after dark on, on evenings and what, at least save it for then. We're going to talk about the strip club. You can save that for when you do the drive through weddings and have Elvis out gyrating and all that. Fine. We'll, we'll pretend we're in Vegas and at the strip club. Um, I, I mean, they have all these times where they say that white people are ignorant about racism. I don't think you can share a meme about I'm not a cracker. I'm a crouton. Mm. I have some flavor and say that you are ignorant about white supremacy. They got signs in Florida. I got pictures from the retreat. They got signs that say Florida cracker. White people are not ignorant. Big, huge signs that stand out from like the road sign. I got pictures. White people are not ignorant about white supremacy racism. If you, you know, are talking about what it means to be a cracker, <laughs> I mean, you are not ignorant about the system at all. And that type of thing would lead me to believe that's kind of like a racist joke, like you're making light, making fun uh, of all of this. The the other one, and again, the social media, like, wow, that is so brazen. Like, uh, that's not quite, you know, I don't care who I offend, but I mean, that's pretty brazen. Like those type of comments on a public probate and you work at a courthouse. It's not like you have some, you know, job where you're a public or not a public servant. I think that's what they call it. Like, wow. Uh, but then to come with the second one about the mass commentary, just wow. Okay, then thank you for, you know, letting us know that's how you. Uh, feel about all this and again that defiance that's going to come and ask uh, or just get him to comment again caller in China he said the United States is going to be terrible over there and where is the worst place in the world to be according to the reports the United States worst place in the world to be one of the reasons he said uh, the defiance he said man you all are just not going to take kindly to people you know saying you got to wear a mask and social distancing all the things that you would need to do to try to correct this you all are not going to do so yeah it's going to be bad and that is he was correct in many respects hindsight he had already been through this but yeah I mean that's that attitude is quite prevalent the you know don't tell me about wearing a mask and you don't have the right to tell me to wear a mask and if I don't want to wear it then that's my right and don't you you know get in my face like that is super uh, I mean to have somebody at the courthouse like I hope the courthouse policy is masks and you know public safety like I don't care what you think if the Rona ain't real and all the rest particularly if you got staff members who are quarantined like ma- are masks mandatory at the courthouse or can you just come through trolling along and sneeze on everybody yes sir the county just um, reinforced that uh, the county the government employees have to be wearing them uh, that work for the county. So she did come in wearing a mask, but see, even with that, see, they have their mask, but see, they're in close proximity talking to each other, and I've seen that sometimes they ain't even, they're not even wearing them then. Then at other times they're wearing them, uh, but a lot of the times I'm just, Definitely, I agree with the defiant. Mm. Oh, my God. What the heck? 
think my line got dropped there for a second, but I think I am back now. Yes, I'm back. The uh, yeah, that that defiance. I'm glad they had that to wear masks at the courthouse. It seems like they started a little late uh, with that policy, but yeah, the uh, you're not the boss of me. You're not going to tell me what to do. I don't care about, you know, the Rona and all the rest of Incidentally, there is something uh, odd about that. Like, if this is another co-worker, uh, it, I mean, there's no concern. Like, she could die, right? They were saying some people have died and all the rest of it. Like, man, I hope she's okay and I hope she gets through it. It's, we're making jingles. I hope she don't bring the Rona back in here. <laughs> like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, uh what is going on? And I think she was saying that to get me to react because this person's death and there's a door that separates her. He, I think, was trying to get me to react to that, saying, you know, don't come back with that Rona. And then she repeated it as if she was trying to sing a jingle like you just said or some type of song she was customizing. Mm. It's... The, just the fact that she said Rona, R-O-N-A, that absolutely could have been, like I say, you pay attention to any of those where they're talking in a way that seems like they're using some slang or they're trying to get their hood credibility on. Oh, we got a coon in the house and talk so you can relate. Yeah, that's how they talk. Like all of that, I would pay attention to see if they're trying to get some response from you or whatever it is, because uh, that's frequently that we've heard a whole lot of incidents of that over the years, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, either way, it does not get any better than tacky. Like it's not sympathy for this person. It's not concern. I hope they sanitize. Let's hope she quarantines for an extra week. It's, you know, we're sitting around making jokes and, you know, see what the colored boy has to say about that. What do you think? She might bring the Rona in here. Desk is right next to you. What do you think? Come on. Come on. That's why the frequently the best policy is not to say anything. Doesn't get any better than Tacky. Uh, be in Toronto. Hi, thank you. Um, yes, so there were a couple of things that I, a couple of observations that I had noticed um, on the plantation, and I was wondering if um, if yourself or college or listeners have observed the same. Um, the first part is I've noticed at the plantation that white colleagues will do things um, like mistreat non-white people, um, but not only do it because they like it for entertainment, uh, but to also do it as as a way to show their allegiance on a consistent basis. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because of a situation where um, at the plantation, um, I'm at the group home, and there's uh, one uh, resident there that um, uh, they I prefer not to give frontal hugs, uh, a full body hug, um, and the main reason is because um, I've uh, come to understand from other coworkers that I've worked with that this particular resident uh, sexualizes those situations. And it's not necessarily that they understand because they, they have a diagnosis that they're not able to fully understand the scope of what they do. So 
So my thought is to have that boundary, which is either a high five um, or, you know, saying good job, but no hugs, no therapeutic touch when it comes to that part because uh, potential for uh, allegations um, are, are very high. And I noticed with, in particular, white women, uh, they would continue to give this resident full frontal hug despite the fact that they know about the sexualized behaviors and the the misinterpretations and miscommunications that the resident will have from that um, otherwise would have been therapeutic touch. Um, however, I had spoken to my supervisor about this when I had noticed that a colleague of mine continued to give a full front of even though I had mentioned it would be prudent to have a boundary to not do so um, because it's important for them to figure out what is appropriate contact and what's inappropriate contact. Um, this colleague decided to give them a full frontal hug anyway. So then um, my supervisor said that they agreed with me um, about my analysis of the situation. However, when it came time for that supervisor to leave home, they ended up giving the same resident a full frontal hug was completely, and this was in front of the person that I had mentioned not to do this to, was completely undermined me, um, and uh, just continued to reinforce uh, the, the misinterpretations of what is appropriate touch and what is not. But in addition to that, what I also recognized was that it was a, just one example of how they show allegiance to each other through mistreating non-white on a daily basis, and this could be at work, through day-to-day um, -day life, um, outside of work. So I'm wondering if, if anyone has experienced that. And then the second thing um, that I've noticed is that there, um, there's a lot of double speak. So in another situation, um, the supervisor had told me um, that they felt that another co-worker who had made false allegations about me was incorrect. Um, and I leaned into that situation to find out exactly what was being said and get the specifics of it because I already have my evidence to back me up that the conversation never occurred um, uh, in terms of with the co-workers I was making the false allegations. So this is what the supervisor tells me in private. But when we're inside the residence and there's other staff around, the supervisor is constantly um, telling me about praises of the same coworker that made false allegations about me, um, which tells me as to what allegiance she's really in. But it's, it's just interesting about that double speak. So um, I'm just wondering if anyone is also experiencing that or have experienced that in the past as well. Thank you, and I leave the line. Uh, much, abro much obliged uh, be in Toronto uh, I think the touching particularly if you work with uh, younger people uh, that is very common because uh, accusations and sexual abuse is so common uh, in these type of facilities if it's residential or school type settings just you know it's 
rife. Uh, the Olympic team, they just had that big scandal and everything. So it happens on a regular basis. Uh, we said that for a long time. Got to make sure you talk to your children about uh, racism and sexual abuse. Uh, that said, uh, I've worked. Uh, I worked, talked about it recently. I worked in the school system uh, in the Oakland, California area. And uh, I think they had a pretty... It was no uh, same thing that you're saying. No frontal hugs. You could do the side arm hug, and I didn't even like that. And I mean, real talk on Bill Cosby. They didn't let him out over the Rona. Uh, I'm cool on all of that. Uh, side hugs, front hugs. I'm good on all of that. High five. Hey, the Rona. We don't need to do high fives, elbow rugs, elbow rubs. None of that. Like, uh, hey, it's a new day. Like, uh, I would have been real anti-hug anyway, uh, pre all of this. We could just do, you know, a high five, a handshake, fist bump, you know, whatever. That'll be the extent of the physical touch. I don't do any. And they would even uh, encourage that for males in those type of environments in particular. But I would even say for females, like, forget all that. Like, and especially now, like, oh, we're good. Uh, I have seen that sort of inconsistency with the policy where they They'll say no frontal hugs or recommend that. And then it's done. Uh, sometimes it'll be the people who said that uh, who turn around and do it. I've seen that as well. Uh, inconsistency in terms of policy and procedure is very common. Uh, that's why I would just try and make consistency a part of my codification. Regardless, you know, that's on them. That's their lawsuit. That's their. Uh, we, you already said you got rife environment rife with uh, unfounded accusations. That's at least one we could nip in the bud because I am known. I don't even do fist bumps no more. So, you know, I was not out here hugging anybody <laughs> like I don't even do handshakes like come on. That is made up completely. Um, yeah, I would just make that bedrock codification regardless and might even just make note if other people are doing that. Because, I mean, that's woo, setting up an environment. This is Bill Cosby. Greater confinement. Not a good idea. Uh did other folks did folks want to respond to those two? Oh yeah, we're almost getting ready for a call in China. So uh the hug situation or the I guess the kind of being lying, being deceptive. They'll pretend that, you know, you're the grest and you're you're great and all of that, and then they're going to report you and make unfounded accusations that you're, you know, embezzling money and <laughs> the the worst employee ever. Uh did folks have commentary on those two? last few moments give you a quick second to think we'll be so this is program one of two we'll be right back we'll have our black male listener in China Uh, he'll be back with us he did predict in March so about a month literally before the news began to break starting in Chicago and previously mentioned New Orleans uh, about lots of black people being heavily impacted in those areas. Uh, our listener in China predicted that black people would be struck really hard uh, by the virus. He'll be back with us. Uh, we'll ask him about the uh, so-called second wave that's feared uh, in China, what his uh, view perception of the reports in the States has been. Uh, if he's been an, think he's been in contact with family we'll get his updates on that uh but that'll be in one hour 
So we'll have a brief intermission. We'll come right back. We'll chat it up with him. Some folks already emailed in some questions. Uh, take advantage. Uh, if it's not too late, you can ask uh, some questions. Uh, black male, a little less confused about racism, who has been through the whole quarantine in China. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and we should be here on Sunday, Global Sunday Talk on Racism. Looking forward to having folks uh, from all over the globe join us uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific uh, to get an update. The last time we talked to some of these folks, the virus was no big deal in their area and things have changed drastically uh, in the two months since we had them on the program last. So that'll be Sunday afternoon uh, and then we'll have two programs this coming Tuesday as well. The second one with Marquise Treve live from Brazil. Uh, now also a so-called hotspot uh, and also feared that a lot of black people will be disproportionately impacted. We will talk to him Tuesday evening. So the cows very international over the next uh, few days this week as well. We had Toya Nagbetu with us top of the week. Uh, Counter racist grind continues. Uh, folks want to respond before we wrap up. Uh, be in Toronto. Her question uh, about people being deceptive uh, in the workplace. They pretend to be nice and then they're making accusations uh, as well as the uh, frontal hugs uh, when you're working with younger folks. Uh, any last responses before we wrap up? Well, think on it. If something comes to mind, you can drop an email until justice at gmail.com should be here next Friday. Uh, we'll see if folks have thought of anything in the time being. Uh, certainly we'll check and see how things have evolved uh, with the virus. I think more places will be reopened by next week. So more to come uh, again. We'll be right back. 60 minutes. Blackmail in China. Uh, we will get an update. What's going down other side of the world. It's already Saturday for him. Uh, late Saturday morning headed towards noon Saturday, in fact. So it will be a hoot to hear from him. Uh, if you want to get some questions in about the virus or have some suspicions, you can ask someone in a different part of the world and see what media, how they're talking about this over there. Take a break. Get some water. Rejoin us in 60. Thanks for everybody who participated. Hope it was worthy of your time and energy. Folks who emailed in. Uh, we will be here in an hour. Uh, sobriety would be best for conditions under conditions of white supremacy. Man, keep our brain computer working at its best. We will need lots of high powered thinking. In addition to being sober, let's be buckled up again. We shouldn't be going out a whole lot of places. We got folks who are accused of being bandits uh, going out for their work duties. You do not. We got folks going out for their work duties, being stopped and accosted by gangs of whites. You do not want to be out joyriding, gallivanting as though this is just great old times. It is not. Be strategic. Get what you need when you go out. You are buckled up when you do so. Not doing anything to call attention to yourself under these conditions at all. Stay in the house if you can. Sober. Staying in the house if you can. If you do go out, you are buckled up. If you're driving, you are not on the cell phone. Under these conditions, you do not want any little reason to be stopped, questioned, 
have attention focused on you by race soldiers badge or no just trying to control the small things that we can that being said creator we ask that you help us remain patient under condition or excuse me we ask that you help us remain patient with other victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person no name calling cow signing out thanks all for tuning in we'll be back in 60 minutes nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim brother a victim i'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my conditioning Mm -hmm. even my conditioning has been conditioned Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.